You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Welcome, Jonesy, to the Playing with Balls podcast. Thank you for having me, Shannon. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm going to take my headphones off, so. No one's asked me to, uh, to play with my balls on a podcast before. <laughs> well, what that's time, w- at what point in the podcast do I play with my balls? <laughs> At any point that you want. We've got uh, lots oh. of, and we've got other balls around here, so you can play sure. with other people's balls. We've got somebody left an NCAA ball over there. Oh. Bad news, though. Like, when I play with my balls, no one, c- the audience can't hear it. So <laughs> they're just, how are they going to know that I'm doing it? Well, you know what? We'll tell them about it. Or oh, you can you, you um, describe it. To the, we'll describe y- the whole action. Yeah. <laughs> or you can tell them about it later uh, <laughs> if you want. You can follow sure. up. Have them playing or with m- balls, follow up. Maybe you need to have a YouTube channel playing with balls, and it's just all of your guests playing with their balls. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> we're that close to being a porn, that, you know, so that would actually be appropriate. If you Google playing with balls, you don't even want to know what you see. So what do you see? I'm trying. To, I'm the one here trying to make it legit. Yeah, you're trying to make it go the straight and narrow, but obviously there's a momentum going uh, going in an opposite direction with this whole. Well, I concept. think I don't think it's new. I think it's always been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They must be playing with balls, part. 49. Well, that's the only thing that's going to happen. It's like if you just Google playing with balls because you want to know like more about the podcast or whatever, um, you've got to be more specific than that. You've got to say like playing with balls podcast. Or can you write sports right after that? And and then you're. Yeah, or sports, sports. right? Sports or comedy. That's that's good. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you come up, at least you come up. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 And we just. It's It's hard to fight the porn. I know. Well, you know. It's a very powerful footprint they have on the internet. You know, I. My. uh, uh, my name is a porn star's name. Shannon no Lee's. No way. Shannon Lee's a porn star. Oh man! So how That's do you deal with this? Well, this—it's actually a funny story. So when I um, first started doing comedy, because I guess she's like a porn star, like from like the '90s and early 2000s, maybe. I don't know. I, I think she might be like retired now. She's not. She's retired. I think All she right. may not actively be doing porn. She's uh-huh. like been doing it for like decades. And now she has a podcast. Yeah, that's what they do after the I know, I know, which is actually kind of sad. But I also say like everybody, like my sister and like other people in other states have babies and like people in L.A. We have podcasts. That's right. You know, Mm, that's funny. Yeah. So 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 this guy, the very first guy ever dated in high school, you know, junior high, Justin Barringer. Um, he found me on Facebook and he was like, oh, my God, I heard you're a comedian. That's so cool. He goes, but FYI, I um, Googled you and he's like, and I can't find any comedy, but I like I did find a different um, type of like a video. And I'm just wondering if that's you because I don't I haven't seen you in a while. And I was and I had no idea because he was like embarrassed. So he yeah, was like speaking yeah. in tongues. Yeah. So I was like, what do you mean you saw me in another video and you don't know if it's me and then so finally he said um i found a porn like i found porn videos with shannon lee in it and i was like what so i googled it and i'm like oh my god she's like a really successful porn star uh and then the second shannon lee is an erotic book author oh wow! so i'm so my joke is i'm the third famous shannon lee on the internet (laughs) yeah Hopefully, eventually the first, but... You'll have to overtake the others. You know, entertainment's so hard as it is, and now I have to fight uh, fight these battles, yes. too. And which one of them has ShannonLee.com? Uh, I think the book author, um, but she might spell her name... 
No, the book author has it. The book author grabbed it. Mm. Yeah, and her books are disgusting. By the way, oh, oh, she's oh. worse than the porn star. What? It's like it's like all fetish and incest uh, incestuous oh stuff. Oh my goodness! The one book that she wrote. Okay, I stopped doing this bit actually, or at least I've I've retired it's it like for. A while because it's so hardcore that like people are just more grossed out than they think it's funny. Mm. So I'm trying to like rework the can, lingo a little bit. Can I guess she wrote a book called It's, it's Incestuous, right? Playing yeah. with my son's balls. No, she didn't. See what I did there? I see the what you did. <laughs> I see what you did, and that was good. And honestly, <laughs> I hope that this lady has no children because sick. her yeah because these kids would be sick. Listen to one book title. I memorized it. Um, the it's called. The man I met online, my stepfather. Oh, no. Isn't that terrible? That's so bad. So I like think it's so gross that I was getting like a lot of laughs when I'm, I'm like more just like, how is this comedy? Because it is, you know, it's like if you Google me, I'm on like page seven of Google search results because all the f- first six are gross people with my name. And this poor woman's she's a uh, she's deep s- seated psychological issues too it's a shame i know you know lee's not even my my maiden name though so at least that makes me feel better that i wasn't born into like a shitty life with name yeah (laughs) what is is your maiden name it's zavorsky zavorsky yeah because i was married once you know that right yeah yeah and so i my i always say like the only thing i got from my ex-husband was my name yeah it's all i got lee Cause I th- I like it better. It rolls off the tongue. It's it like sure t- it does. It's two first names. I mean, people. It's a cool name. Yeah, I like it. I've yeah, been, I've you should be happy with that. I, I have. Like I've been Shannon Lee since 2010. Yeah. So and Zavorsky. Zavorsky. It's always very difficult for people to pronounce, and then they always ask me if I'm related to this the Crystal Company, and I'm like, that's uh, Swavorsky. I thought you were gonna say they always ask me to make sausage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad swears that's not a Polish name. Really? I think it's because we're Irish, part yeah. Irish on that side of the family, and I think he'd they'd rather make up stories than uh-huh. um, admit to being Polish. I don't know because he says it's Czech. Okay. Well, I think it's Polish though. I mean, it's S K I. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded Polish to me. That's why I made the joke. But I know, but I, you know what? Knows? People always said thought I was Polish, but my my dad swears that we have no Polak in us. So oh. I was like, Dad, speak for yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is Jones? Jonesy Jones 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 is like English. Yes. I've been told it's English, but it's it's not. It's my adopted name. My oh. last name used to be Harrington. Harrington, which is an Irish name, but I'm actually m- more Italian than Irish. So Jones, you adopted like through your parents? Yeah, my mom remarried, and a guy with the last name Jones, and he adopted me. And then when I was in like the fifth grade, my name changed from Harrington to Jones. Where where are you like I, Harrington's a pretty cool last name too. Is it? I think it is. Yeah. Harrington, yeah. Like it sounds like a sounds like it rolls off the tongue like a poet. Like yeah. Hemingway, Harrington. You know, Tim, Tim Harrington, he's Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a Harrington. Oh yeah. I don't know too many though. I know a a, a Heather Heatherington. Heatherington? Yeah. Heather Heatherington? I know a Heatherington. Oh, her first name Heather? Oh no no, it's a no no no, it's the oh, last name. Oh, that's I'm like no. That's his wild. first name is Ryan, <laughs> and he's dating my friend. And yeah. if they get married, uh, that's how I know because that's what her yeah. new last name will be. Heather. And they're not allowed to name their kid Heather, of course, right? No, that Heather Heatherington. Oh boy, that's just bad that's news. a lifetime of 
Oh my god, shit. so bad. Yeah, I know. Therapy, baby, therapy. So I think you and I first met. I always like to talk about how I met the guest, and it's always awkward if I've never. Actually, I don't think I, I've only had one person on the podcast who I never met before. Ooh, a blind podcast. It was actually really good. He was um, a, a he's a documentary filmmaker for the California Golden Seals that don't exist anymore. But they like I learned so much. He they shaped hockey. Oh, really? Yeah. They like like things are different in hockey today because of that team. Hockey. I don't know why I'm saying it that way. <laughs> and um and you're from Chicago. Well, no, I'm from Philly. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. But you know what? I think it's because Rachel said hockey so much because she's a big hockey fan. That sh- and she says hockey. She's a Chicago guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that's she's why she's got you saying it now. Yeah, hockey, and she's a big Blackhawks fan. And um, that's her sport. My f- my sport's football. Like, if you have to pick one, that's, like, your favorite. Mine's football. Hers is hockey. It's probably best that she's not on the podcast anymore because hockey fans, pff, please, they're, I they're mean, the worst. I mean, they're all, like, from Canada, you know? They're, I don't even know so enough bad. people from Canada to have them on oh, the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I like the Flyers, uh, and I grew up watching hockey and stuff, but just from a from personally, I just, I just love other sports more, you know? The other sports are better. I, I yeah I'd have to agree with you. I'd have to say of of the big four right football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Hockey comes in fourth for me. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I like. Um, I actually just said it in the order that I like it: football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Um, but I do really love basketball though. Um, I just haven't had a lot to write home about for a while because I'm oh, a Sixers, you're a Sixers fan. Sixers fan, yeah. 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 Who, so you're all New England, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm from Massachusetts, so I like all the Boston sports teams. I can't really hear the accent. Did oh, you get rid com- of it? It comes out here and there. Yeah, because, you know, I yeah. always forget and think you're from New York. Because y- uh, you definitely yeah. have an East Coast uh, accent. I lived in New York for so long that the ax- the Boston accent just kind of went away. Well, I kind of feel like I have like a, if anybody even knows what it is, which you kind of don't unless you're from that area, but like a South Jersey Philly accent is what I grew up with. Uh-huh. But... I don't have it anymore. Uh, like every once in a while with certain words or whatever. From being out here or just from just growing up? Uh, I had it really, I mean, I I had a really thick accent, I think, when I first went to college. And then I went to, but I went to college in South Carolina. And I think it was actually the South that sort of did something there. Because when I came home, like after four years, my parents were like, you don't sound like anybody anymore. I was like, oh, great, thanks. And you're like, and I can make moonshine. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) And I know what um, racism is. Well, no, but but also, but also, um, I think I didn't, I I took it as an insult at the time because, you know, Northeast people are so proud, I think. um, And so they were like, you lost your accent. You don't sound like anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then I realized when I moved to California that sounding like, Nobody is actually a virtue in the entertainment industry. You know what I mean? Because I can sound like a lot of different things. I can I can yeah. do a lot of different accents, especially because of like where I've lived. But having like, a, especially as like a host, because I do a lot of hosting, having like a more neutral accent yeah, is good. Th- they call it coast neutral. They like that. Yeah. And then when I moved to the West Coast, I'm like, everyone, it sounds like no, they also sound like nobody. This sounds like nothing. With a little bit of like surfer twang yeah, on the end. They sound like um, they have. They sound like they have no soul because they don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I remember this. Could you, aren't you? All right, let me back up real quick. So I first met you. Actually, I think it was Where like did we meet? three. I remember. Oh, O'Brien. You gave me your card. O'Brien. You had just moved here from New York because it was in 2014. 
So did you move here from New no, York? 2015. Oh. Wasn't it? No, it was 100% 2014. I have a good memory. January 2015. Oh, you're right. You have a better memory. It was 2015. I could be wrong. My memory's really no. not that great. But I'm pretty sure it was January 2015. Okay, I think you're right. I actually yeah. think you're right. Yes, because... Uh, O'Brien's was just being, uh, okay, by the way, for people who are listening, who doesn't, who don't know O'Brien's, I literally think I talk about O'Brien's on every single podcast. Oh, you do. I'll bet you do. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Because it's such a common meeting place. Like. Well, it was. Joe and I met there. That's what we talked about. Uh, Jenna and I met there. Like a of Jenna, yeah. Yeah, I Jenna, met Jenna there Brister. Too. Yeah. And because it was every Thursday comedy right in downtown Santa Monica, it was a really good room for being a bar show. And I felt like a lot of people, it was one of those rare bar shows like in Santa Monica where just people would come even if they weren't like on the show. So you'd like meet a lot of people. And then I eventually ended up running one of one of the the Thursdays. I ran the first Thursday. So I was booking a lot of people in O'Brien's and um, I met you there and neither of us, I don't think we're performing that night. You were performing or maybe you were. No, maybe you were performing that night. Actually, I think you were. Um, Probably doing Nick LaFon's show back in the day when he had one there. Yeah, I think it was like right around the time that Tim Harrington, speaking of Harrington. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. I think uh, he was passing the torch to Nick. That's right. When when nobody knows who that is. But anyway, um, (laughs) but I think you had just moved from New York because I remember you gave me your card and we were just talking and you were saying, you know, like, I just moved here and I'm getting up all over the, you know, like getting up at new places. And I think you were still like, um newer at the time and i think mm-hmm. i um i think i saw you do stand up that night and you did something about presidents because i remember that presidents like presidents and like smoking weed or something oh yeah i used to do a joke about how i was shocked to learn that our country's forefathers founding fathers uh, grew hemp on their farms they grew marijuana on their farms and then i would go into a bit about how do you think they smoked it? And I think they did, and here's why. And so that was kind of the joke. I'm sorry, I was pouring wine. I remember that. Yeah. Um, I have to figure out how to finesse the That's wine good. on the podcast. You're skillful, um, skillful. So we're drinking Layer Cake Cab, in case anybody cares. But yeah, and I remember you had just moved you from New York. Pay her Layer Cake. Give her some <laughs> cash for that. <laughs> I know. Layer Cake Cab Sob. I know, we need a wine sponsor on this. Oh, man. Why Since, can't you get a wine sponsor? Well, you, I mean, I bet you could. I'm sure we can. I mean, come to find out, you can get anyone to sponsor you. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've just been like sending out stuff and asking people and I've gotten a lot of really good feedback. Like you send out your podcast and you yeah. send pictures of your pretty face and say, hey, sponsor me. And they, yeah. go, and they respond. Yeah. And then since um, since my co-host got um, since she's no longer in the pictures, my boobs actually got bigger. P- people have actually said that because it's just me now. So I've zoomed oh, in, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think that helps, you know, okay. it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. Maybe. That's right, sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm actually do- going to be doing a new photo shoot at the end of this month. So some of those pictures will change, but um, where I'm playing with balls. But anyways, not everybody is doing it, but people are interested. And I think because um, the podcast is partially Philadelphia esque. Now there's some Philadelphia specific um, companies that are, looking at the the podcast and then somebody called sarcastic clothing reached out to me and wants to sponsor me sarcastic clothing sarcastic clothing I, or that something. sounds pretty cool 
I think it sounds awesome. It sounds like a really hip clothing store. Yeah. I well, would look into that. I, and I also, I mean, maybe it's because they like my sarcastic sense of humor. I don't know. But either way, yeah. that's comedy in a way and clothes. Seems like a nice fit. Yeah. So, I mean, wine would make sense. Wine, Philly, comedy, sports, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. I mean, we're not there yet. We're still podcasting from my living room, but it's going somewhere. Yeah, but they need to know how how plush and luxuriant your living room is. And just full of... Uh, no, I feel like I'm in Hemingway's hunting lodge. <laughs> or Harrington's, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, when y- so you've been out here n- now for three and a half years, and I always like talking to um, comics just about comedy and how much everything sucks sometimes because <laughs> comedy is a fucking grind, you know? But I always like hearing the differences because I'm from the East Coast, but I started doing comedy on the west coast so i have like an east coast personality but like i've never grown up in the new york comedy system you're you got pretty deep into it i know right before you you made the move not too deep but yeah enough where i was doing it every single night every night so what made you make this this switch or the transition what brought you to la originally i know you probably told me this but i can't remember uh yeah well your listeners probably never heard it though either so if they're interested (laughs) they are uh well, like, like most people have a have this happen to them in life, you know. It's I got to a point where uh, I was really <coughs> I was really bored with life. I was in the same routine, and the routine was really running deep. I was doing the same thing over and over again for you know a few years, like maybe like three years, and just really kind of not because of that. I was feeling. Um, you know, <coughs> this actually runs all the way to a deep ph- physiological level. If you don't experience new things, your brain doesn't create new pathways, okay? Yeah. And your brain becomes hardened. And and what does that mean? Well, that means without the uh, without the the chemicals aren't firing in new places. You don't feel the hype. You don't feel the excitement. The peptides they used to call it peptides. Well, yeah, I wasn't feeling that because I wasn't doing anything new. I wasn't trying anything new. I was doing the same shit, the same shows. Mm-hmm. I was doing the same stuff every day, going home to the same person, eating at the same place. I just was in this rut. And as a result, uh, I started to feel very uncreative. I even went t- so far as to even become pretty self-destructive just out of complete boredom. You know, I, I was doing things like... Uh, you know, someone's like, "Hey, you want to try meth?" And I was like, "Okay, I'll try meth." Oh, jeez, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's where I was at, at that time of my life. Uh, I was like cheating on the woman that I lived with just because it was, you know, something thrilling, and mm-hmm. you know, I just was in that awful place. And so, I kept coming out to LA over the years because I have family here. I would come out there and visit them and stuff. And then eventually, because I was a comedian, I had friends out here too because right. they're in the in the industry. So I'd come out there while I was here. I'd see them and I'd do some shows here and there over the years. You know, maybe like ten years of that coming right. out here once in a while. So I knew I had this other place that I could go to and still do some of the things that I like, with you know, career wise. And so I thought, why not just make that move and maybe it'll get me out of this rut that I'm in. Yeah. Do you think that it did? Yeah, for sure it did. That's good. Yeah, I wasn't going into a good place. Do you see yourself long term on in on the West Coast? Like yes, do you I see d- yourself here? Yeah, I do. That's good. That's really important to be yeah. able to like see the future, you know? Yeah. I I can absolutely identify with what you're saying in terms of like needing to 
you know, do things that are outside of the box, whatever that is. And I mean, that's a, that ha- has to be a way of life no matter where you live. Right. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's traveling. Like I have to leave like wherever I am, you know, if it's LA, like I have to, even if I don't want to. And when I do, I always become more creative. And I think differently about like just the world you know and I think like in 2016 I went through like a very mini version of what you're talking about because I didn't travel and I just did and I like got really focused and like really like nose to the grindstone on a lot of things which was fine but I didn't allow that space for like the other things that I needed to stay balanced I guess but previous to that why I used to live in a place (coughs) for seven years before I moved to LA and the big, the biggest thing is I could never see myself there. I was there, but I it never fit. It didn't make sense. And so I think that's why I was asking, like, if you see yourself on the West Coast, because when you when it fits, it's like then you can start to like put roots down and then feel okay about certain levels of routine when you feel like you're in the right place, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, for me, my first year here, I, I was v- pretty unhappy, uh, but I made a recent move to downtown and so i'm much happier there and i think this is the reason why i'm pretty sure i'm gonna stay for the long haul because i really like my neighborhood now that's awesome yeah yeah uh i like to be able to take the the metro i like to be able to walk places i like to be around some a little bit of noise a little bit of danger a lot of people because you're like a city boy i feel like i'm a city boy well and living downtown will give you that element of that new york city piece that you miss right sort of yeah living living i mean i feel like where i live here is like in the burbs yeah you know and i was out here <laughs> near you too for a while i knew and i thought you were west side i was I, yeah I, I guess i i don't know i, I didn't really like it yeah well yeah. i mean it's just all a matter of you know i guess what what your preferences are like sure. i've never actually lived in a city i've always lived like outside of a big city you know i grew up outside of philadelphia and when i was um in college I was in the middle of nowhere but that didn't really count because it was like 25,000 people that just liked to watch football and get fucked up and that was it was really fun and um but it was in the middle of nowhere and so and then um when I I lived in Carmel up north oh and yeah it's Carmel it's uh, Tortilla Flat uh I think they have his name uh Clint Eastwood no uh what's uh the Grapes of Wrath Oh, John Steinbeck. John Steinbeck. That's his He's area. from Salinas. Yeah. yeah. He's up there. He's from up there. He writes about up there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh my God. That's funny that's that you. That's how s- I learned about those places. That's so funny that you say that because whenever I say Carmel, people always say Clint Eastwood. Nobody's ever said Steinbeck, but a lot of not a lot of people know that Steinbeck is from there. Yeah, Steinbeck. Yeah. Oh, is Clint Eastwood the mayor of that place? Or something? He used to be. He used to be. Yeah, he I actually wasn't even the mayor when I moved there. I moved there in 2006, yeah. and he wasn't the mayor there anymore. But he owned yeah. half the town, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I never saw him though. I'm still I'm so annoyed. Everybody has seen him. I've never seen him. He was an absentee mayor, I think. Well, he wasn't even he was done. He was like his his what am I trying to say had ended his uh term term, yes, had yeah. ended, but he was still like a prominent figurehead in the area, like very like uh uh, influential in the schools, like oh, I wonder what his attachment is to that place. Like, a, I mean, he own, well, he owns a lot of it. Oh, he okay. owns this private uh, uh, part of Carmel Valley called uh, Oh God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Tehame, Tehime, something like that. Oh God, I can't write. Tehame, Tehame, Tehame. I I sound stupid saying it. 
whatever I just said, <laughs> it's something like that. And it's a private residence. It's also a private golf course. Uh. These plots of land, they overlook the coast. They're up on the hill in the valley. I, I looked at a real estate book once, like a million to two million dollars just for a, a plot of land up there. Jeez. Yeah, he's he's really killing it. <laughs> that Clint. He could just stop acting if he, he could, wanted. Yeah, I think he could stop everything. I think he's okay. He's fine. Uh, I mean, he's in his 80s, uh, you know, for Christ's sake. Also, his ex-wife did a reality show just down the street from my house. Uh, that was a disaster but that was something that she did and he was in it and I still never saw them and it was like all right around where I lived Clint so, was in a reality show wow well only because his ex-wife was oh, she begged him bored and then they got divorced shortly thereafter I don't know what the thing was but she she was uh maybe trying to capitalize on the fame as if you ask me I saw her at Rite Aid once oh you know who else I saw I did see two sports figures there I didn't see the Eastwoods except for Dina Eastwood at Rite Aid, but I saw Kurt Warner, Herm Edwards. You saw Herm, Coach Edwards at Rite Aid, the same Rite Aid. Did you call him Coach? No, I just like followed him around, and then I um, followed him around too. And then when he was in line, I came up behind him and I just tapped him on the shoulder <laughs> and I said, "I'm a big fan." And he oh, was like, "Well, so thank sweet. you, long, young lady." Oh. And he like shook my hand and stuff. Oh, yeah, he's cool. Man. He's so cool, and I would like to be in those rooms. You know, he gave he used to give those speeches. I don't know if he still does it. He would give the speeches to the incoming, incoming collegiate class. Really? Uh, yeah, the the guys that are went into the draft or something. Something something about the new college guys coming in. They're gonna they're about to be rookies, and he would make a speech to them, and it would be all about the uh, the practical shit that they're not gonna tell you until you until you're a star. The practical shit. I'm talking about bitches. I'm talking about wasting your money, bankruptcy. I'm talking about hanging with people, like giving them that kind so of. So basically, the whole. Sh- basis of what the show ballers is about <laughs> basically yeah. warning them warning them about that yeah lifestyle you know and herm edwards is the f- he's a, he's a real boss man too. he keeps it real he's totally og and like i can just i would love to see or hear him speak to those guys like that and hear what he has to say he has such a like i call it obama voice and not just because yeah, he's he black does, yeah he got a but real you know what i'm saying but obama's known for being um an orator like having the best voice in america and like when he talks you listen even if you don't want to it's very commanding and herm edwards has the same kind of intonation or something to his voice because when he talks you like listen yeah he does have that that i swear i didn't even see him at first i heard him and i was in like the toiletry aisle and i swear i just heard a voice because a lot of these coaches don't you sell a 12 pack I know, right? And like, what kind of place is this? And you know what? He he's actually. I did. I was so excited about meeting him, and then I told my boss about it, and my boss, because he had just moved there, uh, uh, Edwards did, not my boss. And um, they they just brought their family there uh, and decided to like, right? Because he has young children and raises kids there, and they were in the same school system as my boss's kids. And he's like, all the dads, all the husbands nerd out now at all these like fundraisers. Like now everyone's coming because like there's some other like, you know, affluent people or people of status or celebrities or sports figures because Carmel is sort of like a place when you, you go when you're rich and you're older. You know, um, like Doris Day lives there, like Schwab. I know I never saw her either, but she does. She did a lot for dogs in Carmel. And um, so he said that he like got a chance to like 
get to know him and he's really like becoming a part of the community which is really cool and so I was like happy that I got to meet him because I love sports and especially football so much and love coaches like love reading their books like love you know hearing what they have to say on the other side I have a very opposite story about and I, I won't tell you who it is yet but I was on the corner in Carmel and I was with my friend and his dog took a shit on the sidewalk. Now we were going to pick it up, but we didn't have like a bag. So we sort of were like, okay, well we have to leave it here for a second, like run into the Bruno's market, the little corner store to figure out like, you know, just to get a, a bag. So we start to walk away from it and we hear this voice come out of nowhere and it's like, Hey, are you going to pick that up? I'm doing a terrible impression, by the way. And we look over, and it's an old blue, powder blue, beat-up pickup truck. And inside is a very, very angry John Madden. And he's just like this. No. Hey, are you going to pick that up? No. I swear to God. John Madden yelled at us. What? And we were like... Have you told this story before? Not on the... Po I don't know if I've told it on the podcast. Uh, this is an incredible story. By the way, these are my baller stories. I'm just telling them in the beginning, okay? You save yours for the end. But oh, man. Isn't that cool? He's driving a beat-up pickup truck? Beat-up, powder blue, maybe Guy's like... Guy's got more money than God. He's driving a beat-up old pickup truck. Yeah. You know why? I found out later. You know oh. why? I think he's driving that beat-up pickup truck. Yeah. It was like an old like Ford or something um, because he's a melon farmer now. He bought land not far outside of oh. the peninsula, the Carmel Valley, Carmel area, a melon farm. And I guess he goes to the farm a lot. I don't know. Um, so he's John Madden is a melon farmer now, just in case anybody was wondering. Jeez, I was kind of wondering where he went. Yeah. Well, I mean, he That's was kind of I mean, look, he's a legend, right? I heard a voice that I that it actually gave me like deja vu. It reminded me of 1994. Whatever that game was called, it was the first football game of his that I ever played. It wasn't Madden yet, but he was the voice of it. It was like, I want to say it was still on Nintendo or maybe Sega. I can't remember. It wasn't Madden, though, but he was the voice. Oh, maybe it was Madden. It was like, what he met, did they do Maddens in 1994? Yeah, the Maddens go back really far. Yeah, so that's the first one that I yeah. ever owned then. Yeah, and I remember him being I don't like... Know if they were in 94, whatever the year, but they, they go back pretty far. It's just really weird to only hear that voice... When that voice is talking to you, like when, like the only other time his voice talked to me when it was like stick and move or like blue 42 or hey, you're really going to get him this time. And like, cause yeah, remember yeah. he had like all these weird, like yeah, yeah. Um, oh, pep talks, funny. you know, hey, funny. get around the side and get him up the middle or like something <laughs> weird. <laughs> and then, and then when he actually talks to me in real life, he's like, Hey, you're going to pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> It's like something. Hey, you pick that up. It's like something he would even <laughs> say now if he was because he was starting to lose his mind a little bit towards the end. Like if somebody dropped That's a great. ball, hey, you're gonna pick that up. You just fumbled it, you know. Don't you fumble go, that. Poop. You go and pick it up. Wait, I go. Nice play. <laughs> so oh, we were so like, funny. so we were like John Madden, and then he just like looked like this. He like you can't see what I look like, everyone, but like he looked real angry, and he was like you a real angry. He, everyone, she looks angry. Like a real grump, like a real like curmudgeon. If I can't think of a better term. Curmudgeon sounds perfect. Yeah, and then he just drove away. Wow, man. He was just watching us like a creep. And then he said, hey, you're going to pick that up. And then he just drove away. And uh, that's my John Madden story. Damn. And uh, my old neighbor he's told one, me. He, he's one of those, you kids get off my lawn kind of guys. He really he totally turned, is. He really turned into he's that. He's like a little crotchety or something. Oh, man. But you know what? I think, um, 
I think he was starting to lose lose it a little. Like his his brain synopses were maybe firing at all cylinders and they were hitting each other a little bit because he w- he was starting to not make a lot of sense sometimes. You know, he was he's yeah. known for that too. Like yeah. he would just say stuff and the other anou- towards the end and the other announcers would just be like, uh, yep. um, you know. So I think maybe he, he's uh, just old age. You, you think, know. You think he still watches uh, football at home and kind of. Maybe. Kind of talks to the TV all by himself. I mean, that guy, I mean, I think it's so funny he owns a melon farm, you know? That is interesting. You know what? I do know he knows. Watermelon or cantaloupe or what could it be? I wonder. Well, all assort, you can grow lots of different melons uh, on the same farm. So California is really, uh, California in our area or the the, the uh, central coast would be better well known for watermelons. Cantaloupes are more prominently grown down in the desert, like in places called like Blythe and Brawley. I only know this because I used to work in agriculture. I was gonna say, how do you know so much about melons? I know a ton about agriculture. In fact, Damn. I'm shooting on a farm tomorrow. Um, I have a wow. shoot on a farm. Wow. Yeah, on a on a citrus and avocado farm. That sounds amazing. What a great way to spend a day. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm excited. Except it's ninety. It's like ninety five degrees there. Cause oh, it's in Ventura, shit. but, uh, but yeah. So my neighbor, um, where I used to live in Carmel, and then we can wrap this up. This long uh, winded story. He validated that that was John Madden because he validated that because you know you know it's like you know the voice since you're a kid and you know what he looks like but like there's a chance it's like John Madden's doppelganger or something. So yeah. I was t- tell you can't believe it that that happened. You're I like, know that can't be him. I know, and he yelled at me, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my whole life you've been yelling at me, you know. <laughs> and um, and so it's the opposite coach than the other uh, one I met at Rite Aid. So it's kind of funny. And my neighbor validated that he does drive, an, or at the time I don't know what he drives now, an old beat up pickup truck, and that he in fact lives in the area and he's a melon farmer. That's how I know that. And he saw, sees him every, like, Tuesday because John Madden hosts a poker game that my neighbor went to. And I used to be like, well, can I come? And he's like, well, you're, he's like, no offense, but it's like old men. He's like, it's like, you know, you're too young and you're, it's all, it's like a man thing, you know, guy thing. So I was never invited, of course, but. not invited to the, the Monday night Madden. Well, I think he just didn't want John, game. John Madden to yell at him <laughs> for fucking up the game. <laughs> do you think he serves like melon to everybody? He probably does. On, it's on a Monday night. I'm sure he doesn't personally serve it because all of his Madden games would dictate that he doesn't actually have to <laughs> like move if he doesn't want to. But I'm sure there's lots of melons in yeah. his, in his stuff because he's got so, some skin in the game now. That's so interesting. Isn't that funny? It's so funny. I love that story. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't told that already. That's a good one. I don't know if I've told that on the podcast, but you know, I'm one of those people where I can't remember, like I've told the story before, but I don't remember if I've actually like done it justice on the podcast. Well, I can't remember, but well, maybe I was just waiting for the right time for it to like make sense to tell. So he, thank you for bringing out oh, my man. It, uh, my Herm Edwards and my uh, John Madden story. It was an honor to be here for that. <laughs> Do you think Herm Edwards would be surprised to know how much we talk, we've talked about, talked about Herm Edwards for probably like 10 minutes? Like, who's talking about Herm Edwards anymore? I well, mean, you, you know what? Flattered about that? I'm sure he, he would. would. And you know what? Maybe he'd be flattered enough to like be a guest on the podcast. Oh, my God. That would be great. Wouldn't it be amazing? That would be so great. I mean, he's a legend. Can I be here if he's if you're going to if he's going to do it? I can, promise. Can I, come? I oh, promise. I would love to meet him. I, I promise. Because you know what? On the podcast. 
podcast, I have a lot of plans to have, I want to have great coaches on here and I want to have a lot of like um, athletes current and ex and it's easier to get them after they've retired, you know, because they're obviously not doing as much. Um, And that, because I actually know people that know him on a personal level, I should like reach out and see if yeah. they can like hook it up. Cause he's a nice guy. I, I'd go up there for that. You know, it'd be totally worth I it. I lived there for seven years. I go there from time to time. Yeah. See if you could get him. That would be interesting. Yeah. I, I'll have you on if, if I get him, I promise. Oh man. I would just go and hold the microphone for you. Like <laughs> set up the things. I'd be like, hey, I'm just the assistant. How you doing? Mr. Edwards. That's how I felt when I, like I met my favorite football player. I, I like was surprised at how I don't really get, um, starstruck, but I think there's a couple people and like when you meet like your favorite athlete or like somebody who like means something to you in like sports, I think. So when you met Wayne Krebet. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Dawkins actually is who I oh, met. Brian Dawkins. Yeah, oh, he's my favorite. Um, that's he, a good one. He also went to my alma mater a too. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, actually, he's not yet. Well, he he will be. He I, he fucking better. He was nominated the last two years and he didn't get it. And uh, but Jerry fucking Jones got it over him. And that's yeah. a crock of shit. But I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Terrell so. Davis, too. What the yeah. hell's up with that? I think it's all Guy political. Played three years of 14 games or more. And I don't still get gets that. In the Hall of Fame. How does that even compute? I don't get that. And then and then Brian Dawkins, a five-time Pro Bowler for two different teams. Even the last year when the Eagles made a terrible mistake and cut the heart of their defense and then he went to Denver, he was like, fuck you guys. I'm still a Pro Bowler. And he was. Yeah. And then... Didn't the Pats take him for a year at the very end? No, I don't think so. I thought he, he only went to Denver and then he retired. As an oh, Eagles. I'm thinking of Seau. Eagle, yeah. Junior Seau. But you know, I rest think rest in peace. Yeah. Sad. I I know it is sad. I I speaking of the Hall of Fame though, I think it's all rigged because yeah, it's, it's pretty rigged. Because Jerry Jones, how many fucking Super Bowls did he win in the 2000s? Yeah. None. None. Yeah, it's totally rigged. Yeah, and it's he bought the team when it was political. a dynasty. And so I'm like, what did he win for? Being a good businessman? Sure, nobody's yeah. going to... But that's not what you win. That's not what you... I'm I'm just mad that Jerry Jones won. But that's not what you get yeah, in the Hall well, of Fame for. You get in the Hall of Fame for fucking coaching. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? Well, there's, they say that he did a lot on the business side for the game at a time that it needed it. I don't know. I wasn't even alive then, so I have no fucking idea what they're talking about. But that's what they say. When, what year were you born? So, what do you mean? What year were you born? You weren't alive. Yeah, eighty-five. Oh well, he. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. He bought the the. What did it, was it the eighties that he did it? I don't know. He yeah, did, you're. It, we were too young to like know what he was doing. Uh, yeah, I yeah, was. I mean, I don't know. They said he did a bunch of shit. No, no, no. Then. But I was gonna say I um I, because f- he bought the Cowboys, I think in like eighty-nine or something. But I don't know what he was doing before that. I actually yeah. have no idea, and I don't really care. But all I think is that he was a showboat. And he would like, and he like loved Tony Romo, Romo, and like how many fucking, you know how many playoff games that guy's won? Yeah. Two. Yeah. Oh, Romo. Two. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is pretty crazy. And I bet he'll get the Hall of Fame because the whole thing's one day because the whole thing's rigged. Well, the Cowboys get a lot of special treatment in this. I think it's this, bullshit. They're not America's and team, you know. I know, and I, I'm not just saying. I mean, you you obviously have a. You have a Cowboys <laughs> film over your judgment? Yeah, the, an yeah, anti-Cowboys yeah. anti-Cowboys film, and I, I know I can see all that stuff comes from that, and I get that. I'm the same way with the Yankees yeah, and the Lakers. But uh, I have to say, as an outsider, too, I, I see a ton of uh, Cowboys shit just sort of being thrust into the uh, into the into the media, into the limelight. They always seem to be the first ones when they ever consider 
hey, we're going to do something special. And it's like, well, what about we try it with the Cowboys first? And it's just yeah. like, all right, all right. Hey, enough with the fucking Cowboys, all right? Yeah, you know? I know. I agree. And you know what? It's probably It probably speaks to Jerry Jones and his business savviness. Yeah, he's inserting got, he's them. Got, he's got a big influence yeah. in there somehow, somewhere. I don't know. He's, he's like, yeah. he's got sway over all of over Goodell, uh, yep. a lot probably a lot of the owners somehow. I don't oh, know. Goodell definitely plays with Jerry Jones' yeah, balls. Goodell. That's for sure. He plays with he plays with his balls. <laughs> he does. Yeah. And um and I'm ready for them to just say that the Pats are America's team. I mean, we're we're the America's team as far as the colors go. Our mascot is is a you know is a patriot. And a, you're a legit, and I mean, come on, let's patriots. Let's, all, let's just sign the paperwork today, folks. <laughs> let's make Pat's America's team. Come on, it's it's all it's obvious. It needs to happen. Well, <laughs> and you know what? You know, obviously, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I'm not a Patriots hater. I would say I'm that. I'm so glad that you said that. I'm not a Patriots hater, and I you're, you're, you're very NFC East. I am AFC East. Right. Just, and you hate who you hate over there, the Cowboys. And uh, and the Redskins and the Giants. I don't really hate the Redskins. Really big Redskins I mean, because it's like they haven't been the the contention between New York and Philly yeah. and Dallas and Philly. Even though Dallas isn't even fucking in the in I the Northeast. Washington hasn't been strong enough to really. They haven't. I mean, they matter because they're in the division. So, like when we wa- when we lost like Deshaun Jackson, like it made a difference because that's a team that could beat us for like. Yeah, so he goes to. Yeah, like inner division so, yeah, stuff's yeah. always weird. Like we yeah. got Demarco Murray, and that was like a big score last year. But then he didn't really do that much for us. But it was like it would have been cooler if he did because we yeah. got him from the Cowboys, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, but the Redskins, like I I don't think the hatred, like like these two. Like with the Cowboys and the Giants, the Eagles, they there's literal f- like fights in the mid game. I would actually <laughs> even say more with New York, like in terms of like maybe just because they're in our backyard because Meadowlands is in New Jersey, um, and that's just super close. I don't know, like um, yeah, half yeah. the fan base is in New Jersey for the mm. Eagles, half the other fan base is New York. The middle is just confused um, about what they are. Central Jersey. There's a great video of I think it's in. It could be the other way around, but I believe it's an Eagles dropping a Giants fan with one punch. <laughs> and it is fantastic. I've watched this video just for the sake of the punch, not because I give a shit about the teams. Right. The punch is so good. Really? This guy's obviously some sort of uh, fighter? fighter of some sort. And he drops the hammer on this dude so professional and so hard without breaking a sweat. And the guy literally, as the video says, one punch he is just on the ground it's fantastic wow i'm gonna have to google that oh, you'll love it's it it's just like you'll my, love it it's just like the shirt i'm wearing oh, rocky rocky yeah, the rocky philly 76 yeah nice. i scored a bunch of philly uh swag recently and so i'm wearing all my t-shirts i got a ton Did of you shit send your brother this stuff Sorry. my brother i actually got my brother a vintage um a vintage eagles shirt that says fly eagles fly from the year we were in the Super Bowl when we played the Pats in 2005. Yeah. And that's considered vintage because it's yeah. over 10 years ago. Over 10 years is not vintage? Is it, Yeah, that, it's that's from a... See, that's because I'm a girl because I know that. So anytime something's vintage, it just means it costs more, basically. Yeah. It's not quite an antique yet. 
but it's on its way. That's what vintage means, uh, and it costs more. I had that suspicion that that's what was going on. That's what it is. So someone's like, oh, that's a vintage couch. It's like, oh, that's an old fucking couch, and you, it just costs more. So you just paid too much for a used couch, so, but you slapped the word vintage on there to impress us all, to make us not laugh at you for spending way too much for a used couch. Exactly. So, that's oh, what vintage is. Oh, wow. So you protected yourself with the vintage label. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not buy that shirt, I, but somebody told me that gave it to me, made sure to tell me it was vintage. Right. Um, so I got that for my brother. That's uh, sweet. That's nice. So I'm, when we do Philly Bro Talk, because I'm actually going to be I'm going to Philly on Friday. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, I'm performing uh, in two big shows and then tell also... Tell listeners in Philly if you're going to be in Philly. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Philly f- listeners, because I have Friday a couple. Friday night. Friday night. Where, tell us no, tell Saturday them. night. Oh, Saturday night? Saturday, August 12th. I will be at Comedy Works in Bristol, PA, uh, 9.30, um, and featuring for Eleanor Kerrigan. And then on Wednesday, August 16th, I will be at Parks Casino um, uh, in Ladies' Night, which is Joe Conklin's Comedy Night uh, at 8 p.m. And you can buy tickets online at either websites or on my website because I just put the ticket links up there today. What's your website? ShannonLeeComedy.com. Because if you go to ShannonLee.com, oh, we were talking about this before the pot. Oh, no, we talked about this in the beginning. You will see porn if you yeah, go to Shannon Lee. You'll see some dirty stuff. So listen, if you're into that, go to ShannonLee.com first, get your fix, then go to ShannonLeeComedy.com second and get your tickets. Dicks, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you get back to New York a lot? I haven't been back since uh, two summers ago. Oh, wow. Last summer. Well, no, the summer before last summer. So I w- I'm always interested, um, going back to comedy, to talk about or to hear, like, the differences between performing and like or, like, being in the scene in New York and being in the scene in L.A. Because I only know L.A. and I only know what I've heard. But I know, like, every time a New York comedian moves to L.A., they're, like... They, like, bitch about the differences, which I'm sure I would do the same thing if I moved to New York and... Um, the because the culture is just different, right? Yeah, this the your your interest your listeners like this kind of stuff. Yeah, this is a sports comedy. Sports comedy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to talk about it, do you? You want to go back to sports? No, it's cool. Uh, I just wanted to get that from you before I forgot, and then we can go back uh, to how Patriots should be America's team. Uh, we don't is that cool? <laughs> I promise. Yeah. We're gonna I have to I have to start a petition for that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you why I think Brady is the best quarterback. Oh. Because I because I actually do feel that way. Oh, but anyways, I'm just give me that give me that perspective you know, even real if you quick. You feel that way. He still is the best quarterback. Well, but give me your perspective real quick uh, on New York versus L.A. comedy. Well, there's well comedy or stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up specifically. Yes. Well, there's um, obviously there's many more stages and uh, a lot more shows going on in New York. Uh, New York is a northeast city so it's what i call an indoor environment it's an indoor culture you know mm-hmm. la is an outdoor culture new york is an indoor culture so uh stand up is quite suitable for that theater is quite suitable for that uh, people will sit indoors in basements and watch comedy and, and so you can get a, you can get people to come out to your crowd you can you can get crowds right and that's a major difference between new york and la is the crowds you'll get bodies in the room that you can tell jokes to out out here it's been a constant struggle for me to get in front of real bodies mm-hmm. um you know half of my shows are probably you know as sad as this sounds i'm just talking 
to you know 14 other comedians yeah uh, and that's just kind of a useless uh that's a useless piece of stage time for me yeah uh, of course for anybody that's like yeah, an open mic basically well, no, you can get something out of that if you want if you're right if you're very new if if what you need is to get up in front of other humans you don't care who they are and do your lines because that's what where you're at in your career and you're then that's great for you yeah but there there's other others of us that are beyond that and we need to get in front of bodies who will listen attentively to our ideas and points of view and give us a genuine reaction and that's a struggle that's been a struggle out here yeah um that is one major major difference the other yeah. major difference is i think the the community of comedians take stand up uh a lot more seriously in new york or, or la in new york uh, they're not distracted by other opportunities, so it's kind of by default that they take it more seriously. And I don't. You mean like opportunities not, in film or TV? Yes, that's yeah. right. And I'm not making any more. That's no moral judgment on LA right. comedians, not at all. I'm just saying, in New York, no one's over there talking about my manager and my, oh, you know, I'm doing this pilot. You know, I mean, of course that happens. Of course, right, I mean, right. I mean eventually we all get to that place where we talk sometimes about that but for the most part they just kind of talk about stand-up and doing stand-up and the craft and getting better at stand-up it's it's a thing that's it's very concentrated upon there so uh that would be the second major thing okay i would say yeah that and i think those are some of the things i've heard and also the third thing is getting paid you get paid in new york a lot more and here you work for free a lot more is that true I would say both towns are pretty much showcase towns, so you don't get you don't get really paid in in either. I would say. What do you think about the crowd like response difference? Because I always feel like when oh, I sure. I perform on the East Coast, it resonates a little bit better. Um, and I hate to say that because because I mean I have. Gr- great shows in LA all the time but I just feel like maybe it's because I'm from the East Coast and you can just get a little grittier and people just like that a little bit more versus here it's like they like it but it's not as relatable to their personality maybe because you know you know what I'm trying to say I I know what you're saying Uh, what I think is happening there and of course this depends on the kind of comedy that you do if you do a little bit darker comedy, which is what I do and is what I like. I like to take the piss out of myself, as they mm-hmm. say. Uh, to me, what's funny is that life sucks. <laughs> That's what's funny about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. Uh, that's what I think is funny. That's my sense of humor. I like guys like Bill Burr. Uh, Bill Burr is my favorite. And and Louis and you know there. I once heard Marshall McLuhan, who's now passed away, but he was like. He was sort of a philosopher in the 60s, and he was at the forefront of media when media was kind of ex- beginning to explode because television had just was, was just created. Um, but he was a visionary, and he described jokes as a grievance. He said most jokes are grievances, and I agree with that definition mm-hmm. of jokes are grievances. My jokes, when I look at them, they're grievances. I complain about having a nut allergy. I complain about being short. I complain <laughs> about living in L.A., it's a grievance, a grievance, a grievance. Now, the problem is, if you don't, you're not going to, no one's going to see eye to eye with your grievance if they've never, if they've never suffered. Right. Okay. So that's, so when you're doing bits in New York, Philly, and Massachusetts, you're doing, you're doing it, you're doing your grievances and cultures that understand and relate 
to grievances. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why the Irish are so famous for being funny, because they have been they've been they're a culture that has been beaten down for so many millennia that they just when you when you tell them, oh, fuck off and they laugh. Yeah. You know, that is they're they're the, at the other spectrum of that. Mm-hmm. That's that's an extreme case of that. But on the other end of that, you have these people that, you know, uh, that live in Santa Monica. You know, you're an exception. <laughs> uh, but, you know, these people, yeah. they just, they've never experienced anything, anything hard, anything tough in their life. You know, their their life is one big marshmallow peep. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. I, I remember seeing a comic in the basement of the townhouse here. This was great. I loved it. I'll never forget this moment. He was doing the show down there. I forget his name. A very good headlining comic. He was down there. Uh, and uh, I don't mean to plug that show. I, I don't want to plug that show because that guy will never book me. So I'd rather not even plug that show. Oh, really? But let's just say there's a show in Venice. Yeah, that, yeah. It's the, it's the rival to my show, by the way, uh, which is also in a basement. It's a, so that mm-hmm. it's a, it's a show. It's a it's a show in a basement, and they get a big crowd, and the comedian's doing his self-deprecating humor, and it is brilliant. It's very good stuff. I'm watching. I'm a total comedy critic. I know smart shit when i see it yeah this guy is great he's getting nothing and it's because he's talking to people from santa monica and venice who are just like oh my god life is you know what and at one point he just said i love the line at one point he just stopped and he said something like god damn it would you just experience one fucking winter just one (laughs) and i knew where i knew where that comment came from i knew it was like Will you get some pain in your life just one time so that you can laugh at this pain that I'm putting yeah, out there? Yeah, because what do you think comedy is? And you know what? That I do have to say, though, not to pick apart that specific crowd, but that crowd at that specific show that you're talking about is they always fill the seats. There's butts and seats, but that crowd is known for being a like a tougher crowd for some reason. It's a Venice crowd, and I don't know why. And I remember one of my friends, uh, he's been on the podcast for my good friend, Ken Gar. I don't know. I know if you, Ken Gar. Yes, Ken's, of Ken's very yeah, funny. Ken's great. Ken is great. great. Comedian. So Ken did a set down there not that long ago. And he said, you know, I don't think I did that well. And I said, don't beat yourself up. That's a really weird crowd. And um, then uh, the guy who runs it said to him, yeah, I sent him a message like right when I was with him, right after he, he said that. And he goes, yo, man great job last night you fucking killed it you were like you killed more than like most comedians kill and and ken writes back really because i didn't really think i did that well and he was like no man that's just the crowd but like the guy that i even ran the show was like you didn't think you did that well but i'm telling you that you did so it's a very i actually just performed there the day after the fifth fourth of july and i was really hung over and there was a point where I actually yelled at them and I was like, that fucking joke always lands. And then people laughed at me because I'm like, it does. Yeah. It does. And I'm not going to take this like it. That's a funny joke. And then as soon as I oh, yelled so at them, yeah, yeah, they're just. Yeah. but as soon as I yelled at them, I had them like, a, you know, then my the rest of my set was better. But like that they're they're like the type of crowd. And I don't understand this because it's not a comedy crowd that you're. It's n- it kind of speaks to what you're saying, though, about the West Side, because I, I specifically know yeah, that yeah. specific crowd. The, sure. Like, you're only as good as your last joke. So, l- or no, is that the right way to say it? Um, so, like, your next joke might not mean shit. They might die. They might bust up laughing. But if they don't like your next joke, then it's like silence. And I'm like, that's not how it works, guys. Like, you're, you got to stay with me here. Like, what's the matter? And that's a weird 
that's a weird West Side L- West LA crowd, you know? Yeah. Who was the comedian? Do you remember who that was? Who? What did he look like? Oh man, he is wonderful. Uh, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember his name because he's he's well known. He's about six foot six and he plays piano too. It's not Michael Costa. Nope. I don't think Avery Costa. Pierce. No, no, no. Uh, I he's don't a headliner. He's a headliner. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're well. Michael's a headliner. Very tall. Avery. Very tall. Six six. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who do we know that's six piano? six? You gotta have him on your show. He's fantastic. Who plays the piano? That's six six. Man, he is. He is. That's a, that's actually very specific his too. His piano playing with that comedy was killer. His just joke telling killer. He was great. You know what? I that's a very specific uh, description of someone too. I feel like we should know who that is. Yeah, you would know if, just by me telling you he's six six and plays piano. I can't think of who that is, though. Yeah. Well, uh, I, um, the piano p- part is throwing me off because I don't know that I've seen. But I mean, there's not even that many people that are that tall either. I don't know. Yeah, he's, well, he's very tall. Well, all right. Well, very, we'll figure out who this very mystery. Gang, very gangly. We'll figure out who this mystery handsome, headliner is. Handsome, too. Man, he sounds amazing. Yeah, I should, he's he amazing. sounds like somebody I should marry, actually. Yeah, he's great. He's <laughs> fucking great. Let's Google him when we're I done. I haven't seen him since, but he's great. Well, whoever this mystery man is, we'll get to the bottom of yeah. it. It's it's a mystery. But yeah, you know, I um I okay, and here's one of the reasons why I like talking comedy, um, because this is a sports comedy and it gets to the root of like sports and comedy are very related and in many cases, like, for example, if you're an athlete growing up, it prepares you for life in certain ways. And to be a comedian is a very tough thing, right? And in some ways, being a comedian is like playing a sport. And, every, it, or it can be, you know, or you could, or you could look at it that way. Like, it, as an athlete, you know, you're beating yourself up if you lost the big game for everybody. But then by next week, you've, you've forgotten about it. You're back out on the you know the the court or the I never played tennis so I don't know why I said court but like yeah I played basketball I was actually terrible I softball field (laughs) whatever but whatever it is like you you for people you know and and so like that's why I like to intertwine the two and that's why I like to have a lot of comedians on the show because also selfishly I'm such a lover of comedy that I think hearing everybody's different perspective on it is like it's like it's almost like a selfish thing that I do because I just really enjoy hearing it, you know? Uh, yeah, because I feel like that part's for you and not your fans. No, it is for them. Be- you think? It is. I feel like they want to hear about sports and they want to hear about the lives of, well, now one, but at one point, two beautiful women that live in L.A. Well, they don't, you know what? They don't want to hear about my jokes you and know, like what my struggle is. I think that it's it's about the deeper connection between sports comedy and life and that's what the podcast is really about and sometimes we talk a little comedy like last i mean a little a little comedy a lot of sports sometimes it's a lot of sports a little wait i just said that the same way you know i'm trying to say i'm very bad at sayings a lot of comedy (laughs) a little sports or just a lot of life and like last week for example i had dirty sports host prano on and that guy talks about only sports on his podcast every week and he talked about his life. He talked about doing his special in New York at the stand. He talked mm. about how tough comedy is. And I think that's why I go back to, I think his viewers are so used to hearing him in one context that we talk, we definitely talk sports. We talked New York. He, he hates Philly with a passion. So that was fun to like have that dynamic, but I think they just liked hearing who he is a little bit more. And so I know it reinforces that like, it's about you and it's, a, it's not about me. It's they know who I am. They're probably sick of fucking hearing about me. They're mm-hmm. like this one again, you know. 
but I, I get my outlet with Philly sports and my brother, but I, it's, it's kind of a sprinkling of all of them. Cause who doesn't like to hear about life? I mean, we can sit here and fucking predict the future or we can just watch ESPN for that. You know, that's true. Yeah. Have you spoken about the fan, that movie on here before? Mm-mm, I never have now. You've seen it, right? The fan. The fan. Pat mm. Oswalt. No, I don't think I've seen that. The Giants fan that goes down and kills a Philly fan. No, I've never seen that movie. You gotta see this movie. Wait, you gotta, you when is that movie about? from? It's years ago. I don't know. Maybe six years old. I don't think I've seen it. No. Oh my god. I don't. How have I not even heard of this? He starts out. It's an independent movie. It starts off. He's a big Giants fan, and he calls into the sh- show every week. Calls into this radio show, and oh they my know god, I'm him. gonna. Ha- I'm embarrassed. I have never even yeah. seen this. And then there's another caller that calls in from Philly that goes, "Yeah, fuck the Giants." You know, it's like they have this thing. Yeah, going yeah. Out. And then he ends up going down to Philly, and killing this dude in the restroom of a sports bar. <gasps> you know why? No, fucking know. crazy. <laughs> I'm it's, sub- it's a great, great. There's other things going on other than that, but it's a great and it's Pat Oswalt. And so it's a good, it's an actual good movie. It's a great movie. I love, I Especially love him. If, if you're a sports sports fan, you yeah, love yeah, it. yeah. Well, you know, I um, I'm, you know, I actually think there's a reason why, because Giants fans always have their like token things that they say, oh, two rings, oh, how many Super Bowls do you have, or like, blah blah. Philly fans are such white trash or shit shitheads like blah 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 so maybe that movie i've they've never ever brought that movie up and like i should already know what it is anyway but i don't but i think that the reason that they and they're like oh invincible like mark Wahlberg and like stupid stuff uh silver lining playbook but i feel like the reason this is just like off the top of my head <coughs> that they've never brought it up is because like then it, d- it then they can't talk shit about how philly fans are trashy because that's their biggest like thing is that Philly fans are trashy. Yeah, yeah. So if if, an, if a Giants fan is killing an an Eagles fan, then it like takes away, then it makes them trashy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm gonna have to check this out because now it gives me ammunition. Oh man. Because one of my favorite things to do is talk shit. To, I have so many Eli yeah. Manning face jokes. It's like. You'll love this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna Plus, watch it. You, I mean, I gotta say. Uh, I'd never seen Patton Oswalt act in anything before. He's great in this movie. I uh, plays this little this little role, but he plays this really uncomfortable, overly exaggerated, out of shape sports fan that we all know. We all know someone like this. Oh, that they take t- it way too t- seriously. Oh yeah. And he is this no guy. sense of humor about it. Not at all. Yeah, you know what? I'm well, I'm gonna check it out, and then I'll let you know what I think for sure. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna you, love it. But now that uh, now I know what happens, but I guess I'm I'm assuming you already know what happens before you. I think, I think so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna check it out. But going back to um, so, anyways, it is a selfish thing for partially for me to to talk comedy sometimes, but I I'm like, but if people are listening to the podcast each and every time then it, maybe it's not so selfish. Maybe I'm being selfless because they like it. You, maybe you are then, yes. You know what I mean? Give them what they want. Then. And we talk a lot of Patriots because there's some people that really hate yeah. the Patriots and really love them. And have, they you, s- have you spoken about them? A lot. You've been talking about them a lot? Yeah, well, uh, other uh, over time, yeah. Or, yeah. or like when Rachel was on the podcast. A lot of hate, right? There is a lot of hate. Yeah, um, okay. I, I've said this on the podcast before. I love football, okay? And I grew up I feel and I I'm not just saying that I believe that I understand it. Like I understand it because I I just even though I've never played it. So I understand it for someone who's never pretty well for someone who's never played it. And I specific, specifically love quarterbacks because I think that when I grew up watching Randall Cunningham play, I was very intrigued 
because I just really took to the sport as a kid. And my also my brother wasn't born until I was seven. So my dad tried to make me be a boy for like five years. And so I was forced into it. But I did I did really love football. It was like a religion in my household. But I watched him run and I watched him leave the pot and I just watched like what he did. And then I watched other games where the other quarterback never did what he did. And I was like, Oh, I got to see like as a kid, like very organically, like the first running quarterback or in my, in my lifetime. And I don't know anybody else that ran before him, but I'm sure there, you know, there's different people that did different things, but like, he's very much more like a modern style of, of running quarterback. And so it just made me really love, and then the quarterback is also the leader. They're in charge of everything. And they're like running a business on the field. That's the way I always looked at it. So I've always paid like very close attention to quarterbacks. And I never loved Donovan McNabb. And I and people are always like, how can you not love McNabb? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because he's not a, a Tom Brady. Like, like physically you would think on paper you would want him or you'd want Cam Newton for your team because Tom Brady on paper is not (laughs) physically the quarterback that you would think he should be, right? But that's why I love him too. And also, he was in not a first-round draft pick. He was very underrated. And the guy is better than Peyton Manning, in my opinion. And because that guy, he works hard, but he's smart and he can read a defense. Like, I don't know on my team if I've ever really seen maybe some Carson Wentz has the capability, just a quarterback that can call a fucking audible. I mean, just an audible. I mean, that's that's where I'm at, you know? So when I look at a guy like him, like, how could I hate him? Because I don't care. And if he played for the Cowboys, I would say it differently but yeah. I would still feel the same way inside I would just maybe not be as like open about it I never thought about picturing Brady in a cowboy uniform that just makes me that cringe. would make me throw up on myself that makes, but me, that makes me ill because people can fucking hate him all they want he is who he is and he's good and what do you like why how can you hate someone what is your actual like real criteria yeah. for validating well, everybody wants their team to be able to to win it all and so yeah but that's not yeah. a valid point like so what like we all want to fucking uh dance on clouds too but that's not going to happen so i mean i'm speaking from a team that's never won the super bowl ever and I'm not a Brady hater because I'm, if anything, I'm in, I envy the Pats. I want him. You're I, a mature adult. That's why. Yeah, that's why. That was, that's why. <laughs> You're not the Patton Oswalt of that movie. No. Yeah. And so, but I also like can appreciate quarterbacks and that's why it's actually kind of wonderful for me that Tony Romo did play for the Cowboys because Tony Romo is an overrated where, it's, where Tom Brady is underrated. Or, or was at least I don't think he is anymore took a, took a long time Jesus man I know and it's like and everybody wants to talk about oh well the only reason he's actually good is because he deflated balls or the only reason he's actually good is because Bill Belichick used to read other teams signals yeah. or tape them or whatever I think we've I think we've uh, gone beyond that now I think well, it's, it's happened uh, long enough as you know enough times to say all right I don't even think deflate gate like I don't even know if I like think it's real I'm not- I have to say, I didn't even pay attention to it at all. Yeah, I didn't pay much attention because to it either. Because that's not why Tom Brady is good. Because every time, anytime one of these situations came out, uh, rather than listen to the media, I would listen to the former players and what they would say and their reaction to former coaches. And on all of those instances where the Pats were called out for uh, cheating, the former players and former coaches all said they used to do the same shit. They all said that. Yeah, they're just the ones that got caught. Uh, 
so to me, uh, yeah, I accept the punishment, but I'm not gonna completely indict, you know, and crucify. You know, they're my team anyways, but uh, you know, it's not fair to crucify them uh, for doing something that was extremely, extremely common throughout the NFL for decades. That became decades. actually like an under yeah. the table accepted sort of practice, and they—they're sure. just the ones that sort of right. w- had to be like the poster child for. It. And then, and then Goodell. That's fun. You know tried to make an example of it or some stupid shit yeah, and it's yeah. like Goodell's got his own problems well it's like you know what he's um <laughs> you know he's projecting we, we could lot. talk we could talk about Goodell all day he needs a th- major <laughs> therapy this guy it's a shame uh I I want to say this about the past so what I've never heard this said before um and you know of course I'm a homer of course but this is coming to an end this whole thing that we've been talking about with the Pats, all these, this whole decade, it's it's about to end. Yeah, we're coming to the end of it. Yeah, right. And so, um, you know, rather than continue to harp on the Pats and hate and stuff, uh, I think it's much more constructive to look at that back at this era and say, you know, hey, this was pretty cool. We got to actually watch a dynasty. Some of the best football that's ever been played. You know, it's like when you were watching the Steelers from s- 1970 to 76 yeah. or something. The Steelers had this this really amazing run back in the 70s when Terry Bradshaw yeah. with them in the iron and the, the the steel curtain, the iron curtain, whatever you call that defense that they had. Yep. Uh I never saw that. Yeah. That was way before my time. That would have been cool to see. To see all that as go just down. a football fan, as a football yeah. Fan. And so now we just got to see something pretty cool, you know. That I don't know if that'll happen again, but you know, probably it will. But it will, but it, in a different was, way, you that know. That was pretty. It was pretty amazing, and I think we all need to just check ourselves for a second and say, hey, you know, at least I got to see. I was at ground zero for a, an NFL dynasty that may be the greatest. It's arguable, um, <laughs> certainly. I saw the best quarterback of all time up to date and and I probably saw the best coach ever probably as well. And you know as much as like there's as I hate to I I'm not a huge Belichick fan for one reason and it has nothing to do with coaching. I I'm a fan of the Patriots. It's hard for me to say because he wears the shittiest clothes. Oh. And it makes me feel like he disrespects this. I mean, he's got like, like he's got like sweatshirts with like stains That's on them. He's wearing sweatpants. Well, back in the day, football co- coaches used to wear suit and ties. The yes. Coaches, sure, that's right. And I just want to see a dynasty with a coach that like. Even wears like a fucking windbreaker and some jeans. But this guy is showing up in his pajamas with messed up hair. And I just yeah. like it bothers me because I just like think I don't know. It's just something that's always bothered me about Belichick. He just looks like shit all the time. Do you know and why he looks like shit? Why? Because all he is thinking Because he doesn't about brush his hair. <laughs> the only thing he's thinking about is how to beat that team that week. I know. I that's know. The only... It's so this is a so small weird is, thing. I know, I, Jonesy. I know it, but it's, it's just how I feel. I, I you know, I, I can understand that. <laughs> but my point is, I'm glad that he doesn't comb his hair. I'm glad he looks that way because when I, and and you see this in the interviews, you see it every fucking week. They ask him questions about every other aspect of life except for his upcoming opponent, and all he will say is, well, "We're only talking about the Chiefs this week." 
we're only talking about Denver this week. Yeah. I'm only thinking about Denver this week. I said, but yeah, coach, hey, and then there'll be some, one of his players will fuck up. Hey, your, your player smoked some fake weed and showed up at the police station. What, what do you think about that? When we're talking about Denver this week. want to talk about Denver. And that's not because he doesn't want to, that's not because he's like, I'm going to avoid talking about those things. No, it's because just because he's not thinking press. about anything he, else. He genuinely isn't thinking about it. He's not even thinking about his hair or, <laughs> or putting on a shirt. He's all he he's probably didn't about, even brush his teeth. He's only thinking about <laughs> what do I do? What do we do to stop Le'Veon Bell? That's yeah. all he's fucking thinking about. Which he should be thinking about that. And that's what's so great. Yeah. That's what makes him great. I'm just saying I have a fundamental problem with people that wear sweatpants in public <laughs> because I don't even so actually. So what? All Italians? <laughs> I don't even own a pair of sweatpants to prove mm. a point that you can still be comfortable and not be look like a fucking like like slob in public like because it shows that you're you don't care about your life. And I you think should, you should care a little bit about your appearance because you dress to impress. You can never be too overdressed. You can never be too overeducated, said Oscar Wilde. And I think it's a respect thing. He, he doesn't dress to impress, though. He scoreboards to impress. But I know. But That's it's it's just, a, it's just a thing because I, I don't like it. I don't like it when anybody wears sweatpants in public. I think that means you've just given up in you most should, cases. Maybe you should be his personal uh, stylist. And now he's not gonna want to spend much time with you, just FYI. <laughs> but like right before he goes on the field, I'm gonna, really I'm good. gonna do you just stop him now. He's not even gonna be able. He's not. Even, he's not even gonna look at you. He's just gonna raise his arms, and then you just put the clothes on him, to, so he doesn't have to think about it. Tie his shoes, okay? He's still. I thinking. can see his face with his yeah. like his like still, yeah, with his, his like salt and pepper calyx standing yeah, the up. Salt and pepper calyx sticking he's up. Thinking he's thinking about think, something. He's just thinking about what's about to happen, and yeah. he's not even paying attention to anything you're doing. And you could put on you could put on a, a rainbow suit. He wouldn't even know. And you just. <laughs> Send him out. Yeah, I'm going to write him a letter and just be like, just do that and then you'll be the best. Because be somebody people want to emulate. And the one thing that's holding you back is the worst and least significant thing, which is your outfit choices. Because you dress like shit and it looks like you <coughs> and it looks like you've been like you ate cereal and you just spilled it on your your sweatshirt and like you probably didn't brush your teeth and just like respect your appearance a little he bit. He didn't do any of those things. But I'm just saying, I know I'm making that up, but I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying he didn't, he doesn't brush his teeth. He doesn't think about any of those things. And that, I'm just saying, that's what's crazy about him. He's such a savant. He's single minded. He's so single minded. Well, they say He's bulldogs. Like Vincent Van Gogh, like just like, you know, just living like a total degenerate uh, poor person. Because all he wanted to do is paint. That's all he thought about. Doesn't care about what he puts in his body. Doesn't care about if he has a place to sleep or the clothes on his back and what quality of the clothes. Does not care. Spends his last dollar on paint. Doesn't feed himself. Just does what he has because he, he is like Belichick. He's a savant. We're talking about geniuses here. And so everything else with a genius falls to the wayside it's that one track mind that you're talking about I'm finishing about. our yeah, wine yeah, yeah, here finish it. well here here's um, so that's the price we have to pay is people like you go oh you suck bill how you're on national tv and you look like a goddamn unemployed piece of shit piece of, you look like an unemployed dock worker Yes, he does. And you know what? In unison, when you when you said Vincent Van Gogh, you said, you know what he is? You said Vincent Van Gogh. I said, he's like Callie the Bulldog. That's who I think of because they're very single-minded creatures. That's what they're known for. When they have... Just eating and sleeping? When they have a goal. No, they're very stubborn. And when they have a goal, like she has certain goals that are important to her. Like she can find a water bottle from a mile away. I can hide it 
in this couch. She'll know it's there. I don't know. But she also smells funny sometimes. Um, like her face is a little fucked up. And you could say she's wearing sweatpants as a dog, if you will. So that's she's like so that's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is a bulldog. Yeah, An English bulldog. bulldog. He kinda is, isn't he? Yeah, and th- and they have a lot of similarities. There's a great video of uh, on YouTube of it's just a it's just a co- a collage or a montage rather of all the times Bill Belichick has owned the media. I think it's called like Bill Belichick owns the media, <laughs> and it's just clip after clip of him saying that's just he's saying stuff like you know why would you ask a question like, like dis- that? completely disregarding them he, not even disregard sometimes it, well the person clip together the the most uh the more interesting ones where he actually tells them that the question is stupid (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny yeah so i like it because he's kind of a no bullshit like i don't have time for this and he's (laughs) not and he's not like a complete dick either he's just he just completely just like moves beyond it is like he's like as if it's like a question that doesn't even it's like a child asking a question yeah i know and i mean okay when we (laughs) seriously though but when we talk about belichick's coaching of course like i'm not going to discount who he is as a coach and what he's done and once again i think like the brady belichick era is what you're right it's one of the greatest things i've ever seen what the first year that i started playing fantasy football in my life um was 2007 and i had Believe it or not, there's still a glass ceiling for us women on getting into like very serious fantasy football leagues because it's like it's hard. It's hard. I actually just ended the one. I've I've been in the same league for uh, 11, 10 years and that that league just ended. It's just like all like a bunch of different dynamics and I don't have a league right now and I actually don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, well, let's let's decide right now what to do. Here's what we'll do. Let's okay. start a LA comedian fantasy league. Oh, that would be good. I can actually, I can actually, let's do, let's do it because I need a league. Like it's like a drug. Like I yeah, can't I'll stop. Be in it. Okay. Well, good. Thanks. We'll, well, we're you you were we'll, we'll, all, you, you were just starting. Together? You were just starting it with me, and now you're just gonna be in it. I'll, I'll, you want to co? Yeah, we can co commission. Yeah. Do that. We'll okay. It. Because I think, um, and I actually know. We can make a list of people that w- I think would Let's play. Let's come up with a list of people who play. Yeah. And I think we know a lot of people uh, similar We've got to try to get some girl, uh, maybe a female or two in there. But can, oh, we, a- can we get a female or two in there? I would like to, but only... If they're not only if they're into football, to they the, gotta know like you. Know. I know Brooke will play. You know Brooke, my friend Brooke. Uh, yeah, I know Brooke. Brooke will play seriously. She knows what she's doing. She does, and I actually Great. I taught Fantastic. her. Well, I taught I her, her fantasy last year, and I did her whole team for her. But she then got to the point where she didn't need me anymore. Great. So this is good. She's in. Yeah, I taught her. Fantastic. And so, so okay, we have a t- okay. I'm glad we're talking about this because. I got to tell you something. So I was like the Brooke, right? It's not really, but like I was a little green, you know, your first year ever playing fantasy football. You're going to appreciate this story, by the way. And then we'll go back to our, the team we're creating, which I'm very excited about. Um, We'll create a dynasty here, you know, well, only if we win though, Uh but, um, and we're actually against each other technically, but either way. So the first year I played in, I think it was 2007. um, We, those were the days when we did, like in-person drafts no like computer drafting yeah, whatever I those days. and i was on that was the first year in my league that is 10 years going and we're not i'm not in it anymore we're done um so i don't i like kind of know what i'm doing i did a bunch of research i wrote down my order i'm like 
RB, QB, RB, WR. Like I had this whole like thing that my brother and I worked out and I got, uh, that was the year I got Randy Moss cause he went to the Patriots. He had a big year that year, 20 touchdowns. That was the year I got him. Um, and he wasn't, he didn't go first round because he was just coming off Oakland, but he was yeah, still a great yeah. pickup because he was going to, to the Patriots talking about how a quarterback can make a great wide receiver yeah, better. Yeah. I mean, whatever. That he was, was stifled. Year wow. Huge year. So guess who my fifth. So we got 15 picks. I, I even had my kicker in 14. So we have 15, we have pick 15 and I have no idea who to pick because all the, I don't know who anyone is anymore and all the players are done, right? This is my first year. So it's my turn. And I pick this guy called Wes Welker for my 15th pick and everyone made fun of me they're like that who the fuck is Wes Welker ha ha and they were, they were like we're gonna make fun of you all season because of Wes Welker <laughs> I fucking won my league that year first year I ever played and it's because of Randy Moss and Wes Welker yeah. because that was Wes Welker's breakout year Damn. and so all so I worked with these guys so I'd go to work and I'd be like huh who's Wes Welker Who's, who's Wes Walker West, now, bitch? Who's Walker? Yeah, wow, and that's amazing. I know, and I beat at every. I love that you were dragging on Patriots with them too. That's great. With Randy Wes Walker, bitch. Yeah, because they all made fun of me, and yeah. I'm like 15 of 15 picks. Nobody knew who Wes Walker was yet. We the Patriots just got. I'm like, we just got. I mean, him. He had like 110 catches for like 1,300 yards because and seven touchdowns. And that's also Brady. Brady yeah. took. It's a very like, very like. It's like one plus one equals two. Randy Moss is a, a great wide receiver. What has he consistently done in Oakland for years? You know, not a lot. You you want him to do more, but yeah, he, yeah. he couldn't. Then he goes to, so you take a great wide receiver with great potential and great capability and you get, and you put him on a team like the Patriots. It's unstoppable. I mean, it, we, it, I was shocked that I got him. First year fantasy Definitely wasn't my first round pick because I went with the RB, QB, RB thing or whatever I did. RB, RB, QB, WR. I think it was probably fourth round. I got Randy Moss as like my first wide receiver pick. And I'm just thinking to myself, do I know more than everybody else? Because I feel like I know Randy Moss hasn't put up a lot of numbers. He's not he's no look, no like Antonio Brown of that time. Right. But I feel like. Things are gonna work out. Anyway, I'm gonna stop bragging because I did win. That I won first place, and it was the best feeling. Because I'm like, hey guys, not only was this my first fucking year ever playing, but you all just got beat by a girl because I'm the only girl in this league. <laughs> and, and, and beat by Wes Welker. And then everyone has hated me for ten years. So funny. I know. Um, Do you mind if I take a, a pee break? Oh sure. Is all right, cool? we're gonna pause this. We'll be right back, everyone. And then, all right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna finish up with a fantasy outlook, and then Jonesy's baller story. Oh, let me think about my baller story. Brb yeah. in I the bathroom. I got a couple in mind. Okay. Yeah, maybe I can talk about some of the clips specifically. Let me see. Let me yeah, so we're on air, and we're back from our pee break. Um, we're back now. And, uh, I was just saying, since we started drinking wine on the podcast, uh, the podcasts have become a little bit longer and we have to stop for pee breaks. But the good news is Callie has behaved herself this Very whole time. Behaved. Callie, the bulldog has not just sleeping. I know. Now I'm afraid that I've said that I've called attention to her. She's going to hear her name and start yapping because she likes to be on the podcast from time to time. She likes to say a thing or two. Well, then she needs to get her own podcast. I know she does called... Um, I'm a bitch. <laughs> 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 All 
Um, so we we're talking about fantasy. So okay, we're gonna start a league, and then that's a great idea. Have you already started thinking about who some of the up and coming players are? I've already begun my research. Yeah. All right. Who, who, start, who are you looking at? I usually at? start the beginning of August. Okay. Yeah, start, that's a good time yeah. to start. Do you I watch the draft at all? I do watch a little bit of the. I follow it a little bit just to see, I'm looking for what running backs are coming out wide receivers where they're coming out where oh no i just i just created a monster oh, i hear her frankenstein yeah. is awake now go back to sleep frankenstein <laughs> and uh she's she's talking but she she likes fantasy football too oh that's why and she also is probably barking because i made her watch all three well we we got bored we didn't watch the fourth round but this year <laughs> i didn't have a lot going on at the time so for whatever reason i watched all three rounds of the draft the yeah i don't yeah. remember i don't mostly for the eagles uh to see what decisions we were making but also some of the running backs like fournette is very exciting i think he went to yeah. lsu what do you think about fournette for fantasy value i think he's a he'll be a running back an rb1 this year I think, I think so too i think he'll carry the rock 300 times i think he'll be a, a, a workhorse and i think he'll go over a thousand yards and price scored you know Seven to eleven touchdowns. So, what do you think about him over like a Mixon? Mixon's going Reverses. a little bit later in the draft because Mixon's backfield's a little bit cloudier than the yeah. than Jacksonville's. Mixon's got some more competition uh, for third downs, being Giovanni Bernard, who's a a, 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 a back that you know catches the ball, uh, and so he's a kind of a third down guy. And Jeremy Hill's still in the mix. So, do you think he's an RB two at least? I think he'll overtake that job by before midseason, and he will be the guy. I don't know when that'll be, but I think he'll eventually take it over, and I think that's why he's going a little bit later in the draft. Yeah. But he's definitely a running back. I would have no problem being on my team. You just might, might have to wait a few games. Yeah, but he's, hey, a, he's a bench know. for a while. Let's yeah. see how preseason plays out, too. He may be so phenomenal that... You know, um, Marv has no other choice but to just give this guy the ball. I'm really excited. I think he's got a lot of upside. And yeah. um, and uh, I think with Fournette, he's got a lot of upside, too, because now they have uh, Coughlin. Even though, you know, they've yeah. got a bit of a different coaching strategy. Coughlin says he's going to run it well, with he, this guy. So we'll see. He, he is. And, you know, Jacksonville needs something, something, something. So Coughlin, I mean, as much as I can't stand the Giants, you yeah. know, I, uh, I do respect Coughlin. And I think that they'll be a better team this year because of it. So I think that I think that he'll get a lot. The strategy will be different. Um, so who's like your number one, like pickup? Like who are you picking? If you're first, if you get the first pick oh, well, in I our get, new yeah. league, sure. Um, that we've just created and who, who are you going for? So if I have the first pick, I'll probably go, uh, Levy and Bell. Yeah, I think um, you have to, right? Or David Johnson. It's a, it's kind of a neck and neck tie. For well, me. you've got one and two right there. So you know, I, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I'll probably go, because I had David Johnson on several teams last year. I'll probably go Lev Bell because I've never owned him. Just to mix it up. I'll See, probably go Lev here's Bell. what's funny about him. I've actually always had him. I've had him, well, the last two years. And the most annoying thing about him is he's out for the first five games because he's always suspended. Yeah, he so, always gets suspended. This but game. you know what? He's He's been worth it. I I, on, I honestly think, though, he fucked me this last year because he was suspended again, second year in a row, for like the first five games, uh, uh, three games, five games, something like that. And I didn't get his handcuff, uh, D'Angelo Williams. 
right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was fucked in the running back situation <laughs> for like the first couple weeks. And I ended up coming in third in my league, which is fine. It's good. Um, I'm a, I was a contender. But it's because of the amount of games that I, w- I didn't win and then the placement that I was put in at the end. They put me uh-huh. best team, like worst team kind of a thing. Like that's how it goes or something weird I like see. that. Uh, so Le'Veon Bell is great, but he'll fuck you if he's suspended. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, yeah. Have to have a, you have to have his handcuffed. That's a it's must. It's kind of I a fucked must. up on that this year. Or you just got to be like me. You got to draft a bunch of great guys so you can just plug in whoever you need to get you by when you, when you got a guy Or just be like Jonesy, game. you know, just be like you. Yeah, I'm pretty baller at it. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, I would say I'm a pretty... A pretty good fantasy player. I've I've placed or been in the top. I've won twice in the last five years, so that's good. I've come in second twice. I come in third, so I've placed actually the last five years. Yeah, and but I would say that's the important thing if you get a guy like him to get his handcuff, but but only if he's going to be suspended, you know. Or I, I love that you know handcuff. And you know all this shit. That's really cool. As a girl. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mean Well, it's uh, fine. And, you know, I was looking at um, Calvin Benjamin, like, f- you know, early on, like players like that, where like, like, so like his first year, like I went for him earlier. It was the right move. He not not this past year. I actually did have him this past year and he disappointed <laughs> me. But but like I, I look at certain things with players and that's why I talk about like a four net versus like a mix. And if you had the choice, who do you get? You know, you playing time versus ability, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think. I say his last name wrong all the time. Jay. Ajaye? I think I'm going for that guy. Ajaye? Yeah. He's the shit. I think he, this is this year he's going to... I think he's going to be our one of the top three running backs of this year. Yeah, people are going crazy about him. I really think he is, though. Yeah. And I also think um, uh, Martavius Bryant... He's another good one. Oh, the wide receiver on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah. He's Even though Antonio machine. Brown's still like, you know. He's a touchdown machine. Yeah. He's still top pick, you know, if, you, if you've got the opportunity. But I think they, I think Pittsburgh's got another threat that is definitely yeah. like. He's going down further, I think, like in the fourth round, too. So if you want him, you, you, you don't have to get him that early. You can wait on him. Yeah. Uh, it just it just depends too. Like I I've always traditionally played in very deep leagues, so it's been hard to get these guys. Like even in the fourth round, because um, sometimes they're going like second or third round because we have sixteen teams. Oh, 16 is a big one. I've done that a few times and it was a struggle. Well, and that's why it's been more challenging too, because you can never. Because one of my most favorite things about fantasy has always been the bench, free agents. Just That's watching, watching every week. The second somebody gets hurt, putting yeah. your waiver request it's like the in. Stock market. Oh, it's amazing! It's yeah. I have. This is it's how fun. I've been so good because I pay, and I don't think that it, other people don't do that. I just think that like it's become my favorite part of it. And there was this one time, <laughs> uh, who was that running back for the Giants that came in midseason in twenty? 20- 13 no I don't know if you'd even remember uh 2013 their starter got hurt whoever the running back was for the Brandon Giants Jacobs was the starter yeah Brandon Jacobs got hurt so there were Rashad Rashad oh. Jennings was that it yeah Rashad Jennings so I was in Brazil and I was like way ahead on the time zone and I hit that beautiful part where you can pick someone up bef- like before a waiver request and Brandon Jacobs had like just got hurt 
and like no one was awake yet like it was like it, it had it, something it, I don't remember exactly what it was because I'm saying it weird but like it was something where it was like oh I see the time zone thing the time by zone by the way I think it was Ahmad Bradshaw Ahmad Bradshaw that's who it was yeah, that's who hurt. it was it was Ahmad Bradshaw yeah. so someone got so so he was like named the starter I'm surprised you you would take a Giants running back. Listen, I don't play. I don't. When it comes to fantasy or betting, I don't play with my heart. Uh, I play with my head. Okay. Good. Good. Tony Romo has been my quarterback before, and I have won because he puts up a lot of stats, even though he sucks in the off season or I'm so sorry in the postseason. But fantasy has nothing to do with the postseason. That's right. So who cares? Like I already know if I'm bet if I'm <laughs> if I'm drafting a team that's solely a playoff team I am never taking Tony Romo because chances are playoff game number one he's going to fumble it on the one yard line which he's actually done like twice but during the regular season I'm definitely taking him in certain situations and I have won my league with him as my quarterback and like look look, I don't tell my dad or anything and it's fine (laughs) your dad would be so upset well my dad doesn't really my dad's also like old school and he doesn't understand fantasy football that well so uh, should get him into it I think he'd like it I I think he like I think that he likes betting in certain formats like I've I've always done all these different pools for football like you pick the you know all the winners of each week and then you know you win based on like if you who has the most winners like he does stuff like that and we're all very ob- objective when it comes to that like if the Cowboys are going to beat the Eagles Actually, no, this I'm sorry. This is an area where I have never been objective. This is the one area where I'm like, I I always have to believe in the Eagles because if I pick the Eagles and they win, then it's like a a double. I can't ever pick against the Eagles in that one, but I will pick NFC East teams in uh, fantasy because it's it's just about the player. But then also there's one that I uh, another football pool that I really like where you pick like a, a, a matchup and you pick the winner and then you can never pick them again that winner you know whatever that's yeah, called yeah, like a suicide, a suicide pool. yeah i love those yeah, too those are fun. yeah those are really really fun especially when like you get to the end and you're like have to pick these like mediocre teams and you're not really sure what's going to happen and then they win and like an amazing game um i did that with like the seahawks one year before they were like that good anyway i love like sports betting but I always say don't I always try to live by I should say I don't always do it but like don't bet with your heart bet with your head especially in fantasy I will definitely draft NFC's players except for Deshaun Jackson because I fucking hate that guy oh so you're not going to draft him well I'm I don't know I and I also don't think he's that great anymore we'll see well I mean or maybe I'll just do it so no one else can get him and I'll just sit him on my bench and never play him you know that's some nice sweet revenge right there well I do stuff like that where like the other way I pay attention, I'm telling you all my strategies here, but if mm-hmm. uh, if you if someone needs something and you know they're gonna you know someone is available, then you pick that player up if you can afford to, if it doesn't fuck your team up, and then you just bench them forever. And then you force them to try to trade with you. And then you get you either do it because you get two players out of it that are better, or you just say, Haha, no. No. Like, I'm just gonna win this league and that's it just out of spite well because when a good player like when that Ahmad Bradshaw thing happened that was probably the biggest win I've had in fantasy because I was in Brazil and like everyone was asleep and I'm like he's just sitting there and I don't even have to burn a waiver order for him and I picked him up and I started him 
before it was like a Saturday and I started him and he fucking killed it for the rest of the season. And I, that was uh, one the year, another year I won my league because because uh, I was in Brazil. So that's wild. So here's another fantasy tip. Go to Brazil. It's really yeah, good for your team. In Brazil during football <laughs> season, which sounds like a nice plan. Because you'll be able to do things before other people can mm-hmm. do them. And you'll be in Brazil. And you'll Shit. be in Brazil, which is still technically not a first world country, but it's got its perks. If you're in Rio, Rio's a beautiful place. Rio's amazing. Salvador's probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. So you were telling me uh, before the podcast that you used to do some radio football stuff. Well, yeah, it was. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> I used to write. Uh, if, it's hard to imagine that this is even a job, but I used to write uh, content, comedy content for a fantasy football radio show. <gasps> serious. That sounds like my dream come true. These Do you guys were doing this years ago. Right now, is pe- are people doing this anymore? This stuff is now blown up now because <gasps> fantasy is blown up. Well, right on Sirius is like the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the sale st- thing still exists. So exist. now on Sirius is a whole channel. Of fantasy all day long. It's yeah, fan- no, I listen to it. Yeah, I get yeah. tips from it. It's usually not that helpful. But at the time, they didn't even have a channel. Th- these guys had a show. It was like the only fantasy show on there, and it was on some sports show. So, how did you get this job? I I got the job because I, these guys used to have a podcast, and I would call into the podcast all the time and talk fantasy with them. And then finally, they got to know me. Oh, hey, it's Jonesy from New York. Oh, the comedian. Hey, what's going on? And then. We just became friends through this podcast because I would call into their show all the time and I would say some funny shit and and talk fantasy or sports or whatever. I'd make fun of them and then I became like a weekly guy where I would oh, call Oh, that's in. cool. And so they remember me and they're like, hey, we got this job. Do you want to be a part of this? And like, you know, they're like, you could, I mean, we you can't be a, sh- a host, but if you want to do segments and stuff, we that's can give really you some cool. money. That's really cool. So then I started. And you're like, we can give you some money. You're like, okay. Yeah, you give me some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to it talk was, about sports and, and it wasn't it wasn't much, but like, uh, and they did one show a week at the time. I think it was three hours once a week, and I would come up with all of these funny fantasy bits, and we would do a, a conference call each week where we would t- talk about what we're gonna do this week on the yeah. show. Yeah. And then they would go through their things. Okay, we're gonna talk about. Uh, whatever the, the top ten sleeper picks, and we're gonna talk about how um, Jay Cutler's on the Dolphins right now. We're gonna talk about uh, what he does to their wide receivers, how he affects the running backs, and then Jonesy, what do you got? And I'm like, okay, so I got this idea, and I would just pitch my ideas, and like, all right, do this one and this one. And That's then I would awesome. Just do it. And I would create the the audio pieces myself and then send it to them and they would just air them. That's so cool. Yeah, so I would edit it myself. So I would do things like create skits, uh, write and and record song parodies. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So I, I emailed you some MP3s that you can play. Um, some um, some of them, let me just uh, give you, so just give you an idea of like some of the stuff that it was. So like there was... Uh, maybe I'll even... I'll even uh, so there was a song... Vic in a box. So when Michael Vic <laughs> came back from uh, when he was playing for the, for your team for the Eagles, he kept getting hurt. And so I did this parody song about how do we protect Michael Vic? We put him in a box. Put Vic in a box. So there's a there's a parody song Vic in a box. It's very funny. If you can remember back then what was going on with Michael Vic. Well, and I'm gonna create pauses in case we, you know. Perfect. Then there's like little bits like. Um, I made a commercial for Bo Jackson's sperm. 
Like, do you want your child to be amazing at sports and get a college and play like in two different professional That's right. sports? Order Bo Jackson sperm. Uh, and then you know, so I did a bit about, and I did a bit. That's about, really good. I did a bit about how uh, at the time Bin Laden was uh, was in the news. He had just been killed, I guess. Oh and, wow! And so there was this. I did this piece about how. It was a fake news piece about how we discovered Bin Laden's fantasy football team and we've <laughs> taken it over. <laughs> and it was It's just really stupid and funny. Uh, but yeah, it was pieces like that, you know? And I would call into the show as a character sometimes. Like, I would do all this that stuff. That sounds like my dream come true, it by the great. way. It was great. And I, you know, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I should have. It was pretty fun. Well, you know what? I, um, I have to say it's very, like, aligned with playing with balls podcast because that a part of like what we've done or what I've done with this is like outside of just the podcast, it's a sports comedy. So it, uh, like we've done sketches, like I dress up as Jerry Jones once and I got hit in the face with a dildo. Cause mem- <laughs> do you remember last year with that? Um, a lot of people don't remember this, but it, it was like sports news, like a dildo broke the plane at a game. Somebody threw a yeah, dildo on the field. I, of course I remember so that. So I, so I, so right after they that, the guy that did it on the joke, got him on the, his show. He did. Yeah. And so yeah. right, right after that, I dress up as Jerry Jones after they beat the Eagles in overtime. And, um, you know, I accepted the Eagles' defeat, but then Jerry Jones got hit in the face with a dildo, yeah. and then it was like. How do you bre- dress up like Jerry Jones? I I got a well. I'll sh- I'll, it's on the it's on um, the Facebook page and Instagram. I'll show you when it's over. But I basically wore a white wig. I wore a blue blazer. I had a, a white star on the blazer, um, and I basically just looked like an asshole. <laughs> and I spoke in a southern accent. <laughs> And then I got hit in the <laughs> face with a dildo. <laughs> You're like basically, I, I I had slaves, and then I was hit with a dildo. The only embarrassing thing about this entire thing was not the part uh, was the part when I had to buy the dildo in the store. I had to go do that, but it wasn't the part where I was in the field on Rose Avenue at Penmar, Penmar and Rose. Um, doing about 30 takes of getting the right angle of me getting hit in the face with a dildo with and children watching. Oh, that man, was children, oh, children were watching? And, and people. And I'm just... But you got to get it right. And, it's and not it, easy. And also, it was Brooke who got to throw it, and I feel like she was doing it wrong on purpose, so she got to do it so many, so times. many times. So many takes. Because I was like, honestly... That? I was like, honestly, we torture? do not have to do this. But Brooke's oh, an asshole from New York. and. Brooke. And she's my best friend, but she also, uh, I think she threw it poorly on purpose so she could just keep doing it. Oh, yeah. I'm and sure so she that did. that wasn't as embarrassing, though, as having to buy it because that was weird because they were like, I was like, hello, sir, I have to buy a dildo that looks real. And he was like, well, what size? I was like, I don't know, like the standard. And he was like, well, what do you think the standard is? I was like, I don't know. I don't even care. Like, I, I, I got like really weird about what, it. Is this a drive-through dildo place? No, it was. It's right on Lincoln. <laughs> I, I looked. I found it on Yelp. You but go in and look yourself. They had so many dildos, but he was like trying to help me, and he was like trying to understand like what my preferences were, and I was like, Sir, you don't understand. This is not for me. This is for like a skit. And he was like, okay, I get it. People come in here all the time and they're like, it's not for me. And I believe and he was trying to like get me to be sure the old skit line. But he was like this gross guy. He looked like Ron Jeremy and he was trying to get me to be comfortable so that he could get me the right one. Because he's like, a lot of people don't get the right ones for them. They don't fit their tastes. And I really and he was trying to 
oversell in a very good salesman way a dildo and I was like you don't understand I was like and so finally I had to say to him I was like do you want to know what's happening with this and he said yes I said I'm gonna get hit in the face with it so how about we just pick one that doesn't hurt that bad and he was like okay and I think he just probably thought like fetish porn to the max like he he didn't want to know anything after that but after all my name is Shannon Lee and I do represent a porn star. So uh-huh. I had to go fetish on him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get hit in the face. Just give me one that doesn't hurt that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and the, it's not that expensive. So he gave me like one for like $12. But you like how I drew back the Shannon Lee reference and yeah. the fetish porn there. Um, so speaking of uh, good stories, I told a couple good stories in the beginning about fetish porn and then also my coaches do you we always have a baller story um from our guest i say us callie and i callie who's licking herself right now do you have any uh any baller stories that come to mind when you think about sports and comedy and life and something that was impactful to you at any point or cool thing this is this is just might be interesting to your listeners uh, I played in the Wiffle Ball World Series. Ooh. Uh, I used to be really into Wiffle Ball. And I didn't even know there was such a thing, Wiffle Ball World Series. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize either. And so, and I got myself in way over my head. How so? Well, because there's levels of Wiffle Ball going on out there, right? Mm-hmm. There's like fucking around with your family, no one cares. Then there's like you and your buddies take it very seriously, right? And you play every weekend, mm-hmm. six hours are, a day. Are you in a league? That's what I was doing. Six hours a day, wiffle ball. Oh yeah. God, what else? What did? All the time we were playing <laughs> wiffle ball. That's not. You sound even, like Bill Belichick right now. That's not even <laughs> the level I'm talking about. Wow. There is a level above that. Really? Shannon. Of wiffle ball? Yes. A wiffle ball. There are guys out there that play it at such a high level that you can't even believe. And that's what we got into. And it was a complete mistake. Uh, <laughs> we were just completely overmatched. We had no idea what we were getting into. These uh, people like really play more than six hours a weekend. Because we that's, f- that's some fucking dedication. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As an adult. And they're adults. We were kids at the time. Oh. We were like 17, 18. We were like so still you're playing in high against, school. So you're we played in high school a shit ton. A shit ton of high so school. So to some degree, you're more athletic, but but you are also these, playing yeah, against adults. These were adults that played. I don't know how often they played or how long they played, but they were they were uh, they played. It was really professional, like serious ballers. It was wow. crazy. And well, we get to play in a replica of Fenway Park, which is pretty cool. And they had a oh, light up neat. a light up scoreboard, and they put your name on the scoreboard and slid it in like you had an actual <laughs> it's Callie in the background she's just enjoying your story <laughs> so tell. she's making s- no- noises uh, it, so yeah your so your team name was up there and it was it was fucking incredible I mean the whole layout was so how did so give me a, an example of how you knew you were outmatched like what what, do you, what comes to mind oh man okay because you said it, so it's like, how how okay. did it go down? A couple of things. <laughs> so we show up, and we're using the yellow bats. As y- I imagine yellow ba- yellow yeah. plastic bats for wiffle ball. Okay, well, that's not what those guys were using. They made their own bats. 
they made these b- very big, thick bats. They were twice as thick. They were lo- longer. They were bigger. Is there no regulation in wiffle ball? Well, they <laughs> sent me a rule book, and they had regulations in there. Your bat can be this long and this wide. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, who... I'm using the yellow bats that they give you, so I, I don't care about Yeah, like you're not... How do you make a bat? Well, apparently they do. Out of so plastic, like who who's welding a bat? It's a whole process. Jesus. You can find it on YouTube now. I mean, it's just like... Wow. These guys... They kicked your ass. They had that. They had that. So I knew at that point, boom. The other thing that was going on, they said your catcher can use a glove, a baseball glove, to catch the ball. I thought... Catcher, we don't even need a catcher, but whatever. We'll have a catcher. My friend Greg, like Greg, you just catch. You don't <laughs> need a. You want to use a glove? You don't need a glove. Yeah, because Greg, why would Greg need a glove to catch a plastic, a plastic ball? ball? So then we get there, and the pitching was crazy. The pitching was out, out of this world. <laughs> they were throwing it so fast that you needed a glove. I feel like the plastic ball would naturally, for the most part, bounce out of the leather glove because the leather glove is not built to catch a plastic ball. You, you, you would think, but that's not I what mean, there takes a lot of finesse to be able to trap that plastic ball in a leather glove. Yeah, well... Well, not they figured these, it out, I guess. Not for these guys, apparently. They were throwing it that fast. So was every team that you played that good? Yeah, they were almost almost every team was that good. Oh, the other thing was it said you can sandpaper the ball. So sandpaper the ball. Well, we had never sandpapered the ball before. Who the fuck is the commissioner of this league? P.S. By the way, we had never sandpapered the ball before. We had just played with the regular balls. What's the value of just? So we started experimenting in our backyard with it. Well, like let's see what it comes out, and we threw and like it does go a little faster, but we couldn't control it. Faster, couldn't control it. Huh. Well, these guys sandpaper the ball. They've been doing it for years, so fast, and they can do whatever the fuck they want with it. It was because they you, have huge bats. They they can they do whatever they want with the ball. It, like it was just out. It was outrageous. It was outrageous. That's so that's so weird that like anybody would even spend time like you know you know what no I mean. Lives. I can't imagine what kind of people would do this, but they're out there. <laughs> And they came from all over the world. We played a team against Calif- from California, from New Jersey. Wow. This was in Massachusetts. Played against a team from New Jersey, from California. The New Jersey Did team. Did you travel? The New Jer- Jersey team hit this ball. The guy hit this ball. Uh, it hasn't landed yet off, <laughs> <laughs> off of me. Well, technically, I'm from Jersey, so that does make me proud. Yeah. I mean, it was like these guys were you know, big. I, wow. No lives. I, I don't ne- know. I, you know, here's one thing I have to say. So I recently started playing... On a football team, a co-ed football team, flag, flag football yeah. on the beach. That's nice. It's yeah, it's great. Uh, they have to have girls. You have to have a minimum <coughs> of two girls. And we played this team this past week, and I find and like it's my third game, and I it has to be a girl play every th- every like third play. Well, uh, by the way, I'll get into that in a moment. But like I, because I'm not I'm not a prop, and I already explained this to my team. But also, um. I played this, we played this team this past week and they were talking shit to us and they were badgering us. They've been known, like I, I, but when I got there or even when I got the emails that week, they were like, this is the team, the team that talks shit down on main street in Santa Monica. I'm like, who the fuck is this team with all this time and all this (laughs) gumption? Well, we're all living our lives, not giving a fuck about like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As you should. 
so the fun the but the funniest the the funniest part was but then also like i i do you know brett ernst yeah. Yeah. So Brett Ernst is um, on my team, and it's his bro- and so is his brother. And his brother's always the one. Brett gets pissed easily. Brett's a New York guy, New Jersey, New Jersey, New York guy, and he's got he's a little bit of a hothead. I and and so like sometimes like he'll he'll rip a guy's flag off and he'll really slam it down on the sand and then he'll get like a warning and then his brother's like Brett, just calm it down, just take it down a notch. It's not real <laughs> football, okay? This is well, great. Then we play this team. And all of a sudden, Brett's brother, Keith, is like, yo, fuck you guys. Fuck you. You know what? Fucking shut your mouth. You know what? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and Brett was getting with, was saying to Keith, Keith, calm it down. You're our coach. You're going to get disqualified. You're going to get suspended. And I'm just watching this, this thing like. Hilarious. The Ernst family's fucking nuts, number one. Wow. But number two, then this guy starts talking shit to Brett. Which is a mistake, if you know Brett. And they're on the sidelines, and the and I had to play the whole game because only two girls showed up, and I couldn't take any breaks. And it's like eighty-five degrees, and I'm playing offense and defense. I want to kill myself by the sec by like the yeah, end of, of the course. game. So I'm like, so I just watch this thing happening, and Brooke is just standing there because she's she's watching it. This team takes themselves they're actually really good they're undefeated they take themselves so seriously that that's a part of what they do they get people like brett they even got into keith's head and keith is keith doesn't get fired up like when brett has to give keith a like a pep talk like you know shit's not okay we only lost by one touchdown in the last five seconds of the game which by four points actually um because the scoring's a little bit different but the no no yeah they scored a touchdown and then they won by four points but the level to which this other team they did get in our head but the level to which they take it so seriously they are undefeated but they're out talking shit during the week they're doing all this these things it's like guys like this is, is this, this important to you? Like, I feel like there's always one team and you and I both also played in that Santa Monica base softball league. We had a team disqualify us. Uh, the sticky mitts that was just like that where they took it so seriously and yeah. they were so into it. It was like, what else do you have? What else do you have going on in your life? That this is like that serious that you got to like be this crazy. But the, but the funny part was they did get into like our team's head and then I'll, I started getting all fired up and I was like, he hit me. And like, we're all, it was like the giants playing the Eagles basically. If yeah, you will. It sounds like it. Yeah. Some people do take it like that. I had, I played a championship softball game this past week and in the championship game, the other team, uh, sends to the plate a guy who's six foot five, four, probably weighs two forty, lefty, and he hits the ball further than I've ever seen a softball hit before. <laughs> and I don't remember remember seeing this guy all season. Oh, he was recruited. So, and then our coach runs into the infield, say, hey, says, "Hey, who is this guy? We've never seen him." They say, "Oh, he's been playing. He played for the last five games." He goes, "Well, we played you." Th- Five games ago, and we didn't see him. He goes, check the list. And they're like, no, he's not on the list. So they admitted that, you know, he's not on the team. You know, they brought this giant of a player to a championship. They had already made it to the championship with the team they had. (sighs) 
You know, so they're good. That's so annoying, though. So it's then like they bring this fucking, I don't know, double A player from whoever. <laughs> he plays pro ball or some shit. He's so big. It was crazy. And a lefty, like who the you, you never forget that. You're no, like, oh, this big giant. A lefty, lefty six five giant. Yeah, like I'm gonna forget this guy. I mean, it's like it's like I'm surprised. It's like the six six guy who plays the piano. You know, yeah, it's probably the same guy. Yeah, you don't forget. It's the Even same though we dude. did forget him, but <laughs> <laughs> but like, but seriously though, people in the champion want to win so bad. Uh, they do these things. crazy shit. You know, it's wrong. Do you think it's because I have experienced this two for two in adult leagues where the last league I was in my team was wrongly disqualified because we were in the championship and we were better than the team that disqualified us and made up lies about us so then they got to play in the championship and they won and we beat them all throughout the season so we were because our team was good they made up stories like that we were like shotgunning beers in front of children they made up shit stories shotgunning beers in front of children like that's such they, a strange story to make up they, they just made that up though because like you're allowed to drink beer it's a Sunday by, by the way these are on these games were on Sunday nights well you can't drink beer at the Santa Monica Fields no, this is on uh, 14th in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. The, but it's on Sunday nights. No one's getting shit-faced during the game. And we're also, like, somewhat competitive people. Like, I'm mad at myself if I don't catch a ball. Like, I'm not just getting drunk and being like, whatever. I'm not, like, smoking cigs in center field. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so they made up a lie, so we got disqualified, and then we did. And then I played this team this week in my new league of beach football, and... Both of our teams almost got disqualified. We had two different refs. They they hated us. They could barely even contain us. We're ta- we're like it was a mess. Actually, it was actually fun because of the contention. And I was just like, this is serious. People really care. But then I started getting like all into it because I'm like, don't talk to my teammate that way. And then another girl, a girl pushed the only other girl, Tara, on my team. And Tara's kind of smaller than me. So I like ran up to the girl and I was like, you know what? This is fucking flag football. This isn't tackle football. And then they were like, Shannon, get back here. And so like it, then I'm like a part of the problem, not the solution. And I'm like, I think this is what happens when adults play organized sports. I, this is what happens. <coughs> and it's the same. You experienced it when you were a kid you're like i'm gonna be this man this one day i'm gonna be either this man or i'm gonna be playing in this league against this man and now all we're talking about or this is the same thing you've already known since you were 17 yep and these people are trying to live out a childhood dream right i think so but i mean we all are i fall victim to it too because now i'm all into it and And now we're not making it we're like well i'll just I'll make it come true now. And then, <laughs> and then yeah. the body doesn't do what you yeah. want it to do. And then you get oh, mad. Oh, no. I, I dislocated a rib in that game. I had to go to the chiropractor. I could barely move. I was in a play on Saturday night and Sunday and night. And I was like walking funny. I had to pretend like I could. I didn't have a dislocated yeah. rib. Yeah, because I'm in my 30s now. And that's what happens when you. Uh, yeah, we played some flag football back in New York. And all of us, almost all of it, everyone on the team had an injury, got injured of some. Because we're adults. And two people broke bones. And when yeah. you fall now, it hurts a lot more. You're uh, like you're a lot higher from the ground than you were when you were a kid. You know. I think but, the flag football's a little much. Well, you know, here's what I found out. I'm really scrappy, and well, I already knew that. But like, falling on the sand is not that bad because. For me, I play slot receiver and strong safety, and I like playing on offense. I really do because I add I add value. I get yards for us. But I really like 
secretly I like playing safety better because like they always try to make us play like man coverage but I like go zone because I'm like stop making me cover the girl that no one's gonna throw to because I I can't I'm not gonna do anything so I'll go like I'll like drop back and then I'm like I'm one of the last people that you have to hit before like if no one else has tackled you and I am just like I was when I played soccer I was a fullback. I was the last person you had to go through before you got to the goal. And I was never necessarily coordinated, but I was like, um, like a brick house. Like I would just run through people. What I lacked in coordination, I made up for, or what, what is that saying? What I lacked in something I made up in determination. Like I forget, but like I didn't necessarily have the skill, but I would just run through people. So now it's a lot easier for me to dive and feel safe doing that. So I'm like tackling people in the backfield. I'm like pulling guys shorts down by accident. Cause I'm trying to get their flag. Cause I'm not, co- I'm not that coordinated, but I'm at least being effective because the refs <laughs> are like, Oh, she's a girl. She didn't mean it. Now if a guy did that, there'd be a penalty, but I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to pull your pants down or like, I'm sorry. I tackled you <laughs> instead of like pulling your flag off and no one calls a penalty. But it still counts. This is good as a down. You're like a secret weapon. I am, and it's uh, it's like a New Jersey scrappy, like not not that coordinated. But when I dive, I don't get that many bruises because it's sand. That's the nice part about it. So that's why I really like it. But running on the sand is very hard. It I have to say that's why I like playing like safety because I don't have to run with them. I can just like block them versus like I'm better at that I think but when I'm like a receiver I have to constantly keep running and I don't always you know I have to run every play so it's hard but anyway organized adult sports are fun I'm gonna continue to do it I think you should you should play football beach football too (coughs) you need a player I if you ever want to play I I think we always need players yeah and then there's one right around the corner that plays every Sunday on a field Mm. Which I would like that too because you know. I think I'd rather try the beach. I think I I'm better on the beach because I I can dive tackle more. So that sounds fun. I like that. Idea. Yeah. The dive tackle. Well, you're not. It's not the dive and grab. The dive and grab. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I got in trouble for uh, grabbing a guy's balls actually. Um, yeah, you grabbed the balls. He said that he said she grabbed my dick and I said um, I couldn't find it or something silly. <laughs> <laughs> Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I, I play with balls on the weekends when I'm not doing the podcast. But anyway, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. Dude, we went over, we, we just hit the two hour mark. Wow, that's fantastic. I'm telling you. Have you done that before? Only one other time. Last weekend was Joe. We actually ran out of tape or whatever Damn. it's called. As we ran out of SD card. Um, and he was like, I don't have a show tonight. I could keep going if you want. I was like, well, we, we're out of card here. so. <laughs> but it was great. Yeah, no, like I said, ever since we've started wine on the podcast and get, going a little, going balls deep, if you will, we've uh, we've had a lot to talk about. So I really appreciate you finally being on the podcast. I'm glad we got it worked out. Um, yeah, I've been wanting where, to do it. Thank you. Where can people find you? Oh, we got to do that thing. Okay, so uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. At, at Funny Jones. At Funny Jones. And you can see Jonesy performing probably in different parts of LA. Yes, you can. And uh, we will keep you posted on any big shows coming up, or you can just follow him. And then we'll also be posting his Sirius XM tidbits at some point this week. Oh, too. if you can slide those in, I don't know what you edit on, but I some of those are very, if you can figure out a way to get them in, they're very, very silly. Garage Band. I, and I do all oh, the yeah, editing. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can drop them right 
in Even somewhere. though I'm silly, I do know how to edit. I am. I am. That's what uh, I use too. It's, it's good. A, yeah, I'm a. It's a, it's a good. It's a it's a really good tool for that. So I gave you. I don't know six clips. Listen, whatever you think is. I'm funny. excited. I you, love. You, I love I this shit. I put some extra stuff in there for you because I think you might. Oh, good, well, good. If you're a sports fan, oh, too, for so me. If you're a sports fan, you'll like it. Well, then, just for my own entertainment and enjoyment. Well, sports I'm excited. Comedy. And uh, sp- this is what this is. It's a sports comedy. And then also, we'll have to have you on, like, on a future like sketch or something. Yeah, be you into know. That. Um, so we'll figure something out because uh, I've built a set in my garage, and so sometimes it's like a Wayne's World set, but it's called the Babe Cave. The Babe Cave. Yeah. So sometimes I do some stuff from there. So I'll have to have Damn. you on a future sketch since you're used to like sports comedy sketches yeah i want to be going into the babe cave yeah well the babe cave is is it's very messy right now because i'm revamping that but uh yeah i'll, I'll have you back at the babe cave for sure Damn. we'll do we'll do a little skit there That's at some point another thing to look forward to in yeah my, in my life for sure well thank you guys so much for listening um all of you loyal listeners keep keep um rating and reviewing us because it really helps the podcast itunes apparently cares about rate and reviews so rate it five stars tell us what you think and thank you so much for always like downloading it giving us your feedback any questions if you ever want to be on the podcast or have some of your questions answered playing w balls at gmail.com and the only reason why it's not playing with balls is because apparently gmail thinks playing with balls is too long so it's playing w balls at gmail.com so email us all your stuff as you always do and we'll address it on the next and upcoming podcast and thank you so much for listening bye Say bye, Gen Z. Bye-bye.